Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast. Starring Chris Brockman. When it comes to determining the, the favorite team of your kids, your kids really don't have free will unless they're actively rebelling against you. But you know what? I really didn't like my dad, so I started rooting for the Dodgers. Chris Law. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Martini <laughs> in and three olives in it. It was a hot day, so I went to hydrate myself at the, at the bar, and he walks up with his martini. It's Barry. Barry. They tell you this drink was for me? Barry goes, yes, Mr. Pesci. He goes, it's fucking awful. <laughs> do I make eye contact? Do I keep looking forward? I, I just don't know what to do. And then he looks at me, and he goes, nice fucking beard. <laughs> and here is your host, Rich Eisen. What in the world <laughs> was that? <laughs> I want that guy following me around, like announcing me into rooms. What in the world? That was a late submission into our listener opener contest. Was that? Who Who was that? That, my friends, was Ivan Nikjevich. And I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correct, Ivan. It's probably Nick Kovich. Uh, no, it, he even no? gave me a phonetic. Uh, okay. Actually, Evan. Oh, like the draft. Yeah, Nick Nikjevich. And, uh, His name's Ivan or I- Evan? Well, it's spelled I-V-A-N, but he has an E on the pronunciation okay. pad. Is, a, he, is he domestic or international? Oh, he's international. Um, he's out. He's intergalactic. He's a, he's, a, he's a sound designer, a senior sound designer. Where? Um, I'm trying to... Oh, in Sweden. In, from Sweden. Then the, I, mean, I mean, the Gregorian chants in the background. and. Rich. And then, and then, starring Chris Brockman, <laughs> first billing, first billing, starring Chris billing. Law, and now here's your host. <laughs> wow, we're, we're well, supporting. Support uh, uh, w- welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast. What a way to start the show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we've got a whacked out show. <laughs> we really do in well, store. It's a proper fitting. Well, for first our things show. first is we're 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 finally in the week before the draft. We finally made it, and uh, it would be now that we'd be putting out our annual post draft podcast where the draft would be in the books all seven rounds all 256 newly drafted rookies right or how many picks are there 256 you know would be would be freshly minted and and we'd be talking about everything and um but now we're 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 finally in position we're finally on the uh on the uh ready for takeoff we're taxiing we're ready and um so Mike Mayock is going to join us, and there's nobody better. It's that simple. He's the E.F. Hutton. He is the guy who who everybody listens to. With all due respect to the rest of the talent evaluation community, within our walls, outside of our walls, I may be biased. He's the man, and he's going to join us. I believe he's been in... Five or seventeen buildings. We'll ask him. He's he's visiting. He's in his portion of his evaluation where he's physically going to NFL buildings, and I'm 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 sure coaches show him their board. Seven of them this week. If I'm having Mike Mayock in the building, I am definitely saying, "Here's my board. What do you think?" Absolutely. There's no doubt no about doubt. it. So he's seen draft boards. He's talked to the evaluators that are in in buildings and he's hearing what they're saying about the draft comparing his notes with theirs he's phoning in he's the man 
Then we have Bob Saget in studio. Yes, we do. And if I know Bob and I've known him, he's going to be the first guy on this show in the history of this show to have been at my bachelor party. I've been married 11 years. Okay. So Bob was at my bachelor party. That's incredible. I've known him for a very long time through my wife, through Susie. Susie came to Los Angeles about three years or four years before I did. She was out here uh, hosting the the first ever episodes of the regional Southern California Sports Report. When she came out, you guys were dating, though, right? Because you started dating at Bristol? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, yeah. Took three years of the just friends period <laughs> to you finally break, break down those walls. Rich. Well, listen, don't give up. I tell I tell Susie that uh, our you know our children are our physical testaments to my perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first two boys are now our girl because she wanted one. She's a testament to Susie's perseverance. There you go. Long story short, they're beautiful children. I love my wife. Absolutely. Okay, so she she was out here anchoring the Southern California Regional Southern California Sports Report for the first ever Fox Regional Sports Networks. That's what she did out here. And when she came out here, one of the first people she met was Jonathan Silverman, the Ah, actor. Yeah. Who's a huge Dodger fan, huge baseball fan, and I had met him years before my first. All-Star game, baseball All-Star game that I covered for ESPN was the one in 97, summer of 97, Colorado at the freshly built course field. Okay, and Johnny was on the field with a video camera taping a bunch of people to give uh, uh, a testimonial to the camera on behalf of his, I believe, nephew's bar mitzvah tape that he was putting together. Wow. So I met Johnny on the field there, and then she subsequently completely separately met Jonathan Silverman when he came out here when she came out here and one of Jonathan Silverman's best friends is Bob Saget oh wow they this are tight post weekend to Bernie's but while he has the show on NBC correct the yeah. single guy yeah this, yeah right and Bob that's how I met Bob Saget through Jonathan Silverman whose dad married me and Susie Jonathan Silverman's father dad. is a one of the biggest rabbis uh, in the United States of America and we met his and a sweetest man, and he married Susie. Man, talk about six degrees of separation. Yeah. yeah. Saget's coming in. So I know him, and so what I want to say is this. He's one of the sweetest guys you will ever meet. He's got a heart the size of, name anything, huge. He would respond to that, well, then it's my p- <laughs> Okay? That is the type of guy that he is. And that is his sense of humor. So I'm saying right off the bat to everybody who's hearing this, sure, if he says something, one of the the Carlin dirty words, we'll bleep it. His sense of humor is not for everyone. Certainly not. Okay? He doesn't mean anything that he's saying, but he says it because it's funny, or at least in his mind it's funny. (laughs) And so his sense of humor is off the charts but he's he's he, he means well he's a sweet human being and that's the caveat that i'm throwing out there for the conversation that we're gonna have in studio because bob's here uh hawking a book dirty daddy the chronicles of a family man turned filthy comedian because he is that you know he was on full house right Absolutely. with stamos Danny and Tanner. dave coulier and Lori the, the olsen twins 
Jody Sweeten playing Cameron. a dad, playing a dad on television, Ken- and then Candace he was Cameron. the host of America's Funniest Home Videos, where forever. people would, forever, where people would be sending in their home videos, wholesome. Did you guys ever comedy. send in videos to America's Funniest? Home no, videos? never did that. I think like either, one, think maybe so. we we may have back in the day. The we, Law Family sent wa- one in. Watch that show, yeah, definitely watch that well, show. Everybody did. Everybody did. And so he, if you see him, and you've seen him. On 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 specials, on comedy specials, on cable. If you've ever been fortunate enough to see him in 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 person, um, do his do his stand up. Your 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 eyes will melt because it's just that's not the guy that you you know because he's filthy. He did how how I met your mother? He voiced over that for years, and then one verse one hundred game show. He his he doesn't come across as that dark comedian but if you've seen the aristocrats or well the movie the aristocrats which is i i was there by the way if the aristocrats the movie that you're talking about yeah um the aristocrats well i'll talk about that after mayock okay all right but um i just wanted to give that off the top about bob so when he comes up let certainly do not listen to the conversation some people listen to the podcast with their kids in the car this one, this one, might... this one is not for that, okay. But he's a sweetheart guy. Just keep that in mind when you listen to the conversation. <laughs> Can't wait. Later on. Can't wait. Is there any news still? I mean, everybody is just waiting. We're waiting, right? We're waiting. You hear the talent evaluators and um, on our network, ESPN, and wherever else you might get your football news from. Everybody's got their opinions. Everybody was going up in arms about Merrill Hodge calling Jadavian Clowney atrocious last week. That this is atrocious, that's atrocious. Bottom line is this. What does Rick Smith think? What does Bill O'Brien think? Will they even think about trading this pick between now and then? You heard from Ian Rappaport, Albert Breer, and our our home here at the NFL Media Group that the Atlanta Falcons right. are serious about trading up. And then you also hear from Ian, they're serious about trading down. You know, so... Who knows? This is that period, Rich, where there's just smoke everywhere. I think just GMs are trying to... Play, play almost tricks on each other to try to kind of throw them off the scent. I think one of the things I'm most interested to hear Mike talk about is his original, you know, he comes out with these top five lists by position, and he hasn't gotten through all the tape on all the guys when those originally come out. But I think when it, his first came out, he had Bridgewater, Bridgewater as number one. one. Yep. Now he's darn near almost out of the top he five. He was number he's... three on this one March 31st. He released one earlier this week. He's tied for fifth uh, with – Garoppolo and uh, I think one is Manziel, two is Bortles, um, and three Bortles. is Carr. Three Carr. But then you got Curtis Conway, who's also on path of the draft. He says, "Look, I, I don't buy the the pro day. I think people are weighing too heavily on that." His tape from the last two years, where he can was I the throw man. out a conspiracy? I just saw he took out a insurance policy on if he's not a top five pick in the draft, a top ten pick in the draft, he gets a five million dollar insurance policy. He's one of the only players that's ever kind of bet against himself to not be a top five and take this insurance policy. No glove, through without the glove, slips in the draft, gets the guaranteed five oh, million. Where are you reading this? What? On NFL.com. E- via ESPN.com came out with the report. That he's he's scuttled his own draft value to no cash in that. on to cash in on an insurance policy. They're not saying that, no one's saying, saying he that. has this insurance policy. They're saying he policy. has this insurance policy where if he is oh, not picked in the top ten, uh, he he gets five million dollars. From who? I will give you the facts. Honestly, I I, I have that. I have been all over this. 
I don't you know, I got to talk about this for 18 yeah. billion hours next week well, on the air. Your draft. I have not heard this yet. You are breaking news to me. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, this just, either. It just came out this morning. Um, What's this he story? He purchased an insurance policy that would pay him $5 million if he falls out of the top 10. From who? And can be proved to have been caused by injury or illness. Well, that's the difference. How can it be proved that... Well, that makes sense. You're taking a policy that you... But no one's going to take it. <laughs> if he's not taken in the top 10 of the draft, it's not because he's ill or he's hurt. It's because people thought he couldn't throw at his pro day. I didn't so catch I the injury or illness yeah, part, I mean, so that's, I'm going to recant my entire okay. earlier statement now. But that, well, listen, he it, has to prove the slip was because of injury of course. or illness. Well, the, the slip's not going to be because of that. No, it's going to be because he had a terrible pro day. He had a terrible pro day. <laughs> and And... His fall, and we'll talk about that with Mike, has is, is just been remarkable in that regard. But it's all going to come out in the wash. And I don't know, how would Cleveland, if they didn't choose a quarterback number four overall, if Bridgewater or any of these three, Bortles or Manziel, I mean, you, you, you saw Baldy's mock draft this week. No quarterbacks were taken in the top ten. He had yep. Manziel going to Cleveland at 26. Six, yep. that's what a lot of people are. Let me tell you, if, if Manziel's available to, Cle- to Cleveland at 26, that would be that would be a script out of draft day that people f- would think was not true hollywood like yeah. i mean could you imagine the texans take clowny number 1 and then with the first pick on friday get bridgewater in top of the second round i mean that's a possibility that's that could realistically saying. happen yeah. But where there's smoke, two top five picks coming in to this whole evaluation period, and then on the day it happens, they get both. Of them. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm still, still, I'm still, I'm still holding fast and firm that at next Tuesday's mock draft that we're going to hold at the league office and air that night. Is it air that night? It airs that night at nine p.m. Eastern. Yeah, quick turnaround. Okay, very quick turnaround, almost live, if you will. And um, we're we're uh, I'm 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 still holding fast that Manziel's my pick number three overall for Jacksonville, but everything that I'm reading, they're not going in that direction. So I'm wondering, do I do us a disservice? Blow it up and blow up a draft. I mean, I want this to look like something that. Might actually happen. Might actually happen. Yeah. Not like I'm going to be a fan right. and I'm going to throw a guy in in you know that that Gus Bradley's system. Maybe he you know I understand that he saw Russell Wilson first you know firsthand and that Russell Wilson what he's done for Seattle. So you know, you and think, that he's seen, well, he's seen he doesn't see him firsthand, but he's seen the fact you know what Gus what what, what Seattle's done and. So, so that two, he does fit weeks. that mold, but if Khalil Mack is available right, at, three, at three, a defensive-minded guy who sees a once-in-a-lifetime talent at outside linebacker, wouldn't he want to plug him in and go defend against Andrew Luck in the same way that the Texans want to with Jadavian Clowney? This is all stuff that I want to talk about with Mike, and he's going to help me in this process. But I'm, I'm definitely going to sit there and ask him, well, what's my pick going to be at number three overall? I might do that anyway. What the hell? He's, a, he's the commissioner, and as you know, he's got the red ass, and he will tell me straight to my face on, on NFL Network that – you know, I'm way off or I'm in or whatever. You here, Here's a little Gosh. promo of that show. Here, I'll, I'll play it. It's, it's you and Matt getting at it, too, a little. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of good here. Okay. Let's just uh, reset it. All right, latex. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Mayock, and I'm the commissioner for the fifth annual NFL.com mock draft. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL draft, like the regular commissioner, there is a time element here. You've got one minute, so when I put you on the clock, dude, you're on the clock. I'll go ahead and just make my selection short and sweet here if you thought of smoking. If I can get past what Mike Mayock has to say, uh... No pressure. Critical pick. That's a perfect pick for that. That's a good pick right there. I love it. You just got the most explosive player in the draft. I do not, George. <laughs> this guy's also the best run blocker. All <laughs> taken with him. The position you used to play. Because he is the number one player on my board. I go with the best player available on my board. I like him. <laughs> that was the guy. Mock Draft Weekly, live from the Big Apple. Tuesday, May 6th, 9 Eastern, only on NFL Network. Yeah, he's no, he's no wallflower, that Mayock. And um, um, there's lots to talk about with him. Mike Mayock is on the horn. All right, he's the man of the hour. He's the man of our draft coverage. There's no question about it. He's a good friend as well. Welcoming back to the Rich Eisen podcast, Mike Mayock. How are you, Mike? Richard, I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How's this extra two weeks been treating you? I hate it. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> and, and for the record, I have not talked to one coach, scout, personnel director or anybody in the entire NFL that's happy about it. Is that right? Yep. Because it just compresses what's on the back end and they know that that's coming or the extra two weeks they feel is unnecessary. What What's the genesis of that belief, you think? Combination of everything. The extra two weeks aren't necessary. Uh, you don't get your hands on the rookies till later. The veterans are in, the rookies are not. And more than anything, it's quality of life for all these people that kill each other. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they work so hard, and you know they live for the downtime they get in July, and now it's compressing everything. And it's just, um, I think, from a quality of life standpoint, everybody's frustrated. So as we now are currently on the cusp, what do you think of the – let's start, I guess, macro here. Let's start – uh, with a wide lens, this general yep. belief of the draft class would be what, Mike? Yeah, I think we've been talking, Rich, since Combine about how great a class this is. And in, in, in a bunch of positions, Rich, it is. Um, it's the best wide receiver class in years. It's really deep at that sexy offensive guard position. <laughs> There's more depth at the quarterback position, although way more opinions about who the best quarterback is or isn't up top. I think the corners are deep, but it's really interesting because the tight ends fall off the board after about five. Uh, It's hard for me to find a third-round defensive tackle that I like, and the edge rushers are almost non-existent. So um, as good a draft as it is, and trust me, it really is, there's some positions that aren't very good. So how does that manifest itself? Let's just start with top, top ten. How does, how does what you've just say, certainly when you talk about pass rushers, we know of two. We know of two guys that can go hunt uh, that people are raving about, um, or some, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. what, what, where, what do you think happens at the top of this draft based on what you've just said? No matter how I look at the top ten teams, and no matter how many internal mock drafts I've done or conversations I've had with coaches, GMs, and scouts, I can't get more than three defensive players in the top ten at most. And, and basically, it's Clowney and Mack, and then either seven or eight offensive players 
that are going to go in the top ten. And maybe a corner will sneak in there at like nine or ten or eight, nine or ten. But for the most part, Rich, I think that offense line, I mean, there's going to be three offensive tackles off the board quickly. I think that the kid from Notre Dame, Zach Martin, is going to be gone in the first 13 picks. So I think four offensive tackles will be gone in the top 13, maybe even the top 10. Um, you've got a quarterback situation that's crazy. Yes. That's really – and I, I'm sure that's what you want to talk about, and, and oh. that's where the big buzz is right now throughout the league is just how many of those quarterbacks are going to go in the first eight picks. Well, because that, that, that obviously sets up our, our Thursday night, Mike, um, either to talk – in the first hour or two about what these quarterbacks can do with their new teams and how quickly they can do it, what could be expected of them, or our first hour or two is looking at our watch saying, when in the world are these quarterbacks going to go? And suddenly we've got ourselves a first round that the entire country is now tuning in in droves in the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock hour to see what's going on. So what what do you, you know, what do you think uh, will happen when it's all said and done? Here's some conversation for you, okay? Gus Bradley at number three, um, Mike Pettin at four, and Mike Zimmer at eight are all are three of the five teams desperately in need of a quarterback in the top eight, and all three of those guys are defensive coordinators. And the way I looked at the league a year ago, the two best teams in that league, Seattle and San Francisco, won football games by playing great defense, running the football, and having their quarterback make less a percentage of plays than Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees has to. So if you kind of look at where the NFL is right now with their two best teams and three of those new head coaches or newer head coaches come from the defensive side, I think at most we're going to get two quarterbacks and probably only one in the top eight. Wow, And that sets up all that drama that you're talking about as far as how it lays out because I think there's certain pressure points throughout the rest of the first round about where a quarterback could or won't go. Where do you see those pressure points? Uh, if we let's, let's get through the first eight, and then I think the first pressure point is 11 with Tennessee. I think yeah. there's a possibility there. I think there's a you got Ken Wisenhunt, offensive coach, Jake Locker doesn't have to be his quarterback. At 16, you've got a quarterback coming off two back surgeries at age 34, Tony Romo. The entire league has circled 26 and Cleveland's second pick in the draft if they don't take a quarterback at four. And at 26, that's where you need to get ahead of if you want to get the second, third, or fourth quarterback, depending on what's happened before that. And from my perspective, the three quarterbacks I see going the earliest are Manziel, Bortles, and Carr. It's amazing to me what's happened with Bridgewater, Mike, since the beginning yep. of this process to where we are now. What could, Put your finger on this for me with Bridgewater. Uh, I had a similar experience that several teams did. I watched, I think, four Bridgewater tapes prior to the combine. I really liked them. And if you remember, I, I said I thought he was the most NFL-ready quarterback at that yeah. point. And, you, you you know, we talk about pro days, and they're not important and all that stuff, but you have to see a quarterback throw the football live. And to make a long story short, he had a really bad pro day. And I've talked to a bunch of teams that were disappointed in the pro day 
and in some of his subsequent workouts. So if you see the kid throw in person and you don't like the arm strength, the accuracy, the way it comes out of his hand, you got an issue because you like the tape. So I'm struggling with it. A bunch of other teams are struggling with it. But from what I saw in person, I couldn't take him in the first round. I think he needs a redshirt year, and he's a real slight-framed kid who I like personally, but I couldn't take him in the first round. And how NFL-ready is Johnny Manziel, do you think? Out of all the quarterbacks, if I had to take one in the top ten, if you put a gun to my head and say you're only allowed one, that would be my guy. And, and I say it with trepidation, but I think the most interesting conversations I've had about Manziel have been with defensive coordinators, all of whom say, we don't want any parts of dealing with that guy. <laughs> I love it. I, so so why wouldn't somebody take a shot with him when you say that you hold your breath with him? Is it the off-the-field TMZ type stuff? Is that what is the biggest breath hold in regards to taking Manziel top ten? It's two things, Rich. One is off the field, and that is you want him as the face of your franchise. And the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, is it just kind of a case of immaturity, a 20-year-old kid running around and we all did it, blah, 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 or do you think he's a bad kid? How do, how do you come down on that question is first and foremost? And, and that's the important one. <laughs> you know, do you want to manage this kid off the field for the next four or five years? And the second part of it is you have to believe that he can win from the pocket. And if he can go through his progressions, if he can throw the ball down the field and then do his Johnny football thing, I think he get the best of both worlds. What So what about the pizzazz factor, the putting fannies in the seats factor? And and, and, and I bring up Jacksonville as a per, perfect example of that. What, what, does, does that factor into – let's say positively or negatively, because we heard Zimmer say that he, he really wasn't enamored with the, uh, with the pro day, with the, with the gear and the music and all of that sort of stuff, Mike. <clears throat> let's put it this way. I think the owners take a vested interest in that. Fanny's in the seats. You know, you bring up Jacksonville. You look at Houston. I mean, those two, imagine those two cities, if either one puts the card in that says Manziel. It'll be Johnny Football Mania. Now, I'm old school, and I believe that the cure-all for fannies in the seats is winning football games. Mm -hmm. And if three years from now or two years from now, Jacksonville stinks and Houston stinks, Johnny Manziel, it doesn't matter that Johnny Manziel is your quarterback. So... You've got to make the best decision for your franchise. And, and I have trouble seeing Houston sitting there going, okay, I'd rather Houston, if they can't trade down, and I think they want to trade down. I, my guess says they want to trade down. If they have to pull a card at one, i got to believe it's Clowney at one and come back at 33 and get your quarterback. I don't like it the other way. I don't like Manziel or Bortles at one and come back at 33. I'd much rather do it the other way. Right. And so how about another one? You mentioned the pressure point of Dallas. Should Manziel fall? And of all teams to take Johnny Manziel and create some buzz, do you think that's possible? Do you think Jerry Jones sits there with all other holes clearly that he's got to fill? 
that he's sitting there once again at 16 right in the middle. That's the perfect 8-8 eight and eight draft spot, as you know. I mean, would he would he go ahead, you think, and pull that trigger on Johnny Football? I think, I think Dallas feels like they're pretty close right now. And if they could get a ha-ha Clinton Dix or, a, you know, a good player at 16, that they're a playoff team. And if Tony Romo stays healthy, they've got two or three years left at least with high-level production from him. But, you know, the Jerry Jones to me is always a wild card. I, I, Rich, I wouldn't even begin to guess what he would do with Manziel on the board. <laughs> That would be incredible. If he's a, let's put it this way, Mike, that 10 minutes of our coverage, if that's possible that it happens, I can guarantee you the 10 minute that 10 minutes of our coverage will be a lot of fun. Oh that yeah. Will be no a lot of fun, certainly with Irvin sitting up there and and Mooch and us just, you know, just uh, obviously giving it a, a, a positive discussion. And and whoever the Steelers choose uh, at 15 would be given a little bit of short shrift. I, I, I'm almost sure of that. So I know we've talked enough about the quarterbacks here. Who is the guy Who is the guy that you think is a first-rounder that that others are, are, are missing, potentially? Who do you like, I guess, is the uh, ultimate question here. It's a good question. I've been banging the table for Zach Martin because I do the Notre Dame games, and he's gone from – I trust. I had a bunch of scouts tell me prior to the Senior Bowl he'd never get into the first round. Now they're talking about him in the top ten. So Zach Martin's a guy that I, that I'm really excited about. Um, another guy I like, who if he snuck into the first round, it wouldn't surprise me. And it's not sexy, but Joel Batonio, this guard tackle from Nevada. Mm-hmm. I put his tape on against Anthony Barr at UCLA. I almost fell over. I mean, the kid stoned him the whole game. He played really well against every edge guy. I have everybody telling me he's a second or third round guard or tackle, and I look at him and say, there's going to be a run on tackles early. And the Quanjo kid from Alabama could go. I mean, if those first four tackles Rich go in the first 12 or 13 picks, Quanjo probably has to go to Miami at 19. And now the tackle board is almost wiped out. And where do you see guys looking for? Morgan Moses or Joel Petonio. It's really going to be fascinating. And how good is Aaron Donald? I've heard a lot of people talking him up. Well, what's interesting to me is that he could slide a little bit despite the fact that he's a great player. And he did everything right. He had great college production. He dominated the senior bowl. He ran four, six, eight at the combine as a defensive tackle. He did everything you're supposed to do. And he's a Absolutely a first-round pick, but he could. I, if Chicago doesn't take him at fourteen, Dallas could take him at sixteen. But but if, if they if he doesn't go to those two slots, I'm not sure where he's going. And and it's one of those things where he's too good to last much longer. But there's some people that don't like him because they think he's too small-bodied at defensive tackle. Now, if you remove just the the general sense of, you know, a lot of people have a difficulty taking linebacker number one overall or at the very, very top, just to, just just removing also the, the, the hype involving Clowney and how it's a safer pick, and I guess in regards uh, for, for the Texans, would, would you take, just removing all of that, just straight up football, take Mac over Clowney, Mike? <laughs> In scout parlance, Clowney's got a slightly higher ceiling, and Mac's got a higher floor. And 
I don't think Mac's talent level is that far below Clowney. They're, they're, they're really two different positional guys, but they're both edge guys. So if I was the GM and push came to shove and I had to sit there and, and, and pull a card out and, and write a name down, uh, it might be Mac. Yeah, I, I know you've been high on him since the very beginning. Uh, last couple of questions for you, Mike. Um, yes or no, from what you believe right now, trade in the top ten come Thursday night. Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I, I think we could see one, especially given the quarterback situation. And uh, I really believe that the top three or four teams would love to trade down. Okay. And are you are you all fired up for your um, your mock draft commissionership on NFL Network next Tuesday night. Say yes, Mike. For Chris Law. Are you all <laughs> fired up for this? You're, you're, you're ready to just use it as the sanctuary that you always view it to be, Mike. Are you ready for that? I'm as excited about that as I am about the Eisen podcast today. <laughs> I just want you to know that. So you're really fired up about it. You, you, view, exactly. it, you view it as a privilege. I, exactly. Okay. Do I have to separate you two this year? Because you, you two got into it a little there. The the schmedium comments. And That's okay. Some of us hit a gym. And it was That's great. all right. It's all right. It's great. It's okay. We're good. We're, we're always we're good. good. Okay. I mean, the fact that you called in shows that we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I really appreciate it. How many teams have you visited in recent days? Just, uh, just so I know. Uh, I've been in about five buildings in the last ten days. And how many you got to go? You're going to go some more? Yeah, I got two more, and I got a bunch of phone calls to where I can just touch base with people. All right, yeah. well, have at it. I appreciate you taking the time out to to do this. Thank you. My pleasure. Talk you, to you guys later. You Thanks, bet. Mike. See you in New York, Mike. That's Mike Mayock, everybody, and uh, that's a little preview of what you're going to hear on NFL. dot com on Thursday. As uh, we're all about the content, what used to be just a uh, sort of behind the scenes chat between Mike and the media to give the media a little sense of how uh, to uh, approach the draft, what to expect. And it was it used to be like background information. Now it's real-time tweetable nuggets and streaming. Yes. Mike Mayock's chat with the media on Thursday at 1 o'clock Eastern, right? Thursday at 1 o'clock Eastern, the fine folks of uh, NFL.com will be producing and streaming it. Um, there's live video, so you'll be, if he's talking about Jadavian Clowney, you know you'll get Jadavian Clowney uh, nuggets and video incredible, to incredible see while he, he does it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's incredible what it's become. Seriously, it used to be just Mike talking and the media listening and using it as background information or maybe using it as a quote in a story leaving up, uh, leading up to the draft. Now you, you'll know when he's on there. If for some reason it slips your mind that uh, if you're sitting at your desk at work and it slipped your mind or you're, you're in a meeting like Chris Law no doubt will be, <laughs> um, and you, you just look down at your phone and see your Twitter feed, it'll blow up. Yeah, he, it'll be trend. I mean, he he typically trends on this day on Twitter when he does the call. It lasts about two and a half hours. It's it's a long. He's call. he's the best. Mike's the best at this. There's um you know I know others have been at it longer and um um I you know clearly he's he's our guy. He's my guy. So and and Bridgewater is just falling off the planet. He's falling off the planet, and he's going to come into the league with a major chip on his shoulder, and hopefully that'll serve him well. It'll serve him well wherever he gets a shot because he's going to get a shot. And um, well, Brock Brockman said it earlier; he could slide back to thirty-three 
and the Texans, potentially. No, that would be good. If they get Clowney and Bridgewater, that I mean, would just be... Uh... Mike Mayock, and I quote, he said to you, from what I saw in person, I couldn't take him in the first round. Yep. Yep. Wow. And, you know, I, I just think he likes Mac better than Clowney. But yeah. you can't take an outside linebacker number one overall, I guess. But if he is, if he's like the next Lawrence Taylor, how do you not do that? Yep. Well, that would certainly throw things into a tizzy. And I'll tell you what: if if Manziel is available for the Cowboys at sixteen, no wow. way they'd have to trade up. I don't think there's any way. I don't know. I don't know. That would be. This is gonna be wild. It's gonna be absolutely wild. A fun night. But but nothing compared to what's about to happen. I know, I know Brockman's left the room for a minute, but he's going to come back. Maybe is that him calling right now. But um, uh, we've got a, uh, a fun guest coming in. And in again, again, just a heads up as Bob is, you know, I think walking up the stairs in a few minutes. Uh, Bob Saget, great guy, fun guy. Um, he, he's got a, a, a great sense of humor. And he's nothing like the guy you remember from Full House. He's a sweetheart of a man with a, with a real... Real uh, twisted, sense of, twisted sense of humor. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Here so, so, so take, so, so take the kids. Out. I mean, the and the aristocrats. The story I was going to tell you before he, before he sits down. You know, um, I was at the the Hefner roast, the the Hugh Hefner roast in New York City. Held, I think it was like September twenty eighth, two thousand one. It was two and a half weeks after nine eleven. The city was still raw and unnerved, on edge. And, you know, word was that, that Hugh Hefner what, didn't want to fly in for the roast. It was, he, didn't, he wasn't up for it. Everyone was wondering if it was too soon for, uh, for everyone to gather and just laugh and, and do something silly. And the dais was in Kimmel was the, uh, was the, was the roast, master. roast master. And the dais was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Colbert was on the dais. Um, other people were on the dais. Were Steve Carell. Who I met that night, oh. Carell, He was on the Daily Show yeah, at the time. Yeah, I remember you telling the story. I think when we were in New York, uh, Carson Daly was there. Sarah Silverman was there. Jeff Ross was there. Donald Trump was there. I mean, it was an incredible roast, incredible. And then I, I'll never forget when Gilbert Gottfried stepped up there, and and told the most awful, off, you know, ill-timed joke about, you know, I think. I think the line was something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, American or United as a new flight to Los Angeles. It's one stop. The, the stop is the Empire State Building. Oh, man. And that was the reaction in the room. And it was people were like hissing, booing. Somebody said too soon. You could even hear audibly say too soon. And then he went into the old joke, the aristocrats joke. Yeah. Which everybody in the I didn't know the aristocrats joke beforehand. It's like something that's from the the old vaudeville days or the old uh, Catskill days, not vaudeville Catskill days, where um, you know the joke would just be some sort of template joke, and it depends on you could go in the most off-colored way, blue work blue. You could do it straight up. There's just different ways you could do the joke, and the documentary is is different comedians telling the same joke but in their own way, and. Um, Bob Saget told a joke, uh, told the aristocrats joke in that documentary and was so off color and so blue. That was the first time I think that his true colors, if you will, were broadcast in a pop culture setting. And, uh, you know, the guy that you were about to hear is a little bit off color sometimes. Just a little. So leave the kids out of the room. Leave the kids out of the room. And uh, it's time for our kid Brockman to come back because here's Bob. All right, I'm pleased now to have on the Rich Eisen podcast a, a dear friend. I, I've, I've upgraded you from friend to dear friend. I'm glad. Uh, he yeah. is 
He is the author of Dirty Daddy, The Chronicles of a Family Man Turned Filthy Comedian, a book that's available on Amazon.com and in bookstores now. And you look very, very good on this cover, Bob Saget. Thank I, you. That I, could get me an older woman to fall for me. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you chose this? Yes, I wanted to find an 80 or 90-year-old woman mm-hmm. to just fall in love with me. And, th- and yeah. thus this photograph was chosen because of that. Exactly. It's all about spending the last years of her life with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the goal. Now, did they did they go through the... Uh, the did they have you hold your, your, your chin with your, your thumb and forefinger type author no. book? What do they have you do? Nothing thoughtful. No, no Rodin, <laughs> Rodin sculpture, sculpture uh, head movement. I actually just took a slew of pictures. You know, mm-hmm. by taking, by being in photos, by yes. being on camera, you know what your good side is. My good side there is one degree of the entire universe is my only good moment. <laughs> so it has to be. I'm pointing, but it has to be aimed. Yes, almost a Zabruder like target. <laughs> that is, but more forward. You wouldn't shoot me from the back. No, unless I was in, you know, a movie that required that. Well, of course. And you've 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 had that before. I did broke back the sitcom, so I <laughs> I required. Don't now, did you pitch that? To, was it greenlit ever, and I was it wasn't take, picked I up? Was what, taking, was that? Not pitching. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a pretty mouth, and nobody quit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was done by uh, two guys in a raft productions. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just went camping. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> not glamping. You've heard that's the new thing, right? No. Yes, it's a glamorous camping where you don't. Oh well, that's how I. It's the only way I've actually camped. <laughs> Gary Shelling used to have a joke. He said, Jews camp, but they just have it catered. <laughs> By the way, I just went to something just like that recently. You went camping, and it was all taken care of? And it was catered. Oh? It was, well, I, it I was actually catered. The, where were you? Uh, up in uh, near uh, Santa Barbara. Near Santa Barbara. Nice. It was you, on the water. You were it was with ridiculous. Your wife and kids? I was with my lovely wife, who you know very well. I in know, fact, I'm... I met you through my wife. Well, don't say it that way. That sounds <laughs> sounds like we were. I was a fluffer or something. I mean, she well, was there. actually. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm. Memory's hazy. You know. Yeah, it was through your wife. You're right. Yeah. I am that. Uh, yeah. I am in that endowed. Because one of us was. Yes. Well, I know. Uh, and 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 as I told you yeah. guys at the top of this program, your wife is a porthole to friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she this hears that. She's gonna love Wait till that. she hears that. That's a sound bite. You don't even have to <laughs> use this interview. Let's go, Susie. No, no. Here you go. There Tee you go. This up. That's what she said. She said, "Say hi to Bobby for me," and mm. then I'll say, uh, "Well, Bobby says hello back and called you a porthole to friendship because we met through you." That's right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's you very important. A river runs through her. That's right. We can very important to to mention all of these things in context. How many camping helpers did you have? I want to know that. There was a camping so. butler. No. Upon what? arrival. Oh, man. Yes. We don't even know you anymore. Uh, there was a camping butler. Was, that was what her title was. Camping her. butler. Her. Yes. I go single on these camping trips. That was the butler I'd be talking to. That's right. Was she, uh, uh, she must have been fit because she was working on the boat. Uh, there, was, she was, there was no boat. Oh, there was no boat. No. Oh, you needed somebody to just get you no, in the she, woods? It was, it was, no, you show up, you show up, and- uh, In your car? You pulled up in, in your car. <laughs> no, no hike involved? No, no. You drove no. up. This is Mr. Football. You parked, and the 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 camping or glamping, as it's called, is this a real thing? This happened. Hmm. This happened. I mean, I didn't know if you were doing a bit because Bob was. Here. No, I don't do bits for Bob. No, not, I've but, never heard bits. No, it's for a real me. thing. Bob, I saw it on bits for uh, Bob. On Rich's by Instagram. By the way, bits for Bob is the name of my book. <laughs> It's just um, conversations with my father type of thing. Conversations, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you pulled up, and the, and the butler says, you know, uh, you can leave your, your belongings here. And they would take it up to the tent 
and inside the tent was a queen size bed. I think it was a queen. <laughs> nope. And then they you just do your broke back mountain stuff. <laughs> nope. They give you a full body massage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. So there's a queen size queen size bed. Yes, sir. In a tent. In the tent is that it, you could stand up in. Is clamping what inspired the beard? There was a C, ma- you know, the California C magazine. With no, the, I, uh, I don't. Is that named after women? <laughs> No, the state of California. Does it have just the lady on nope, the, on nope. the cover Actually, of it the that's cover, giving you a mean look? If you, do you watch Game like of- throw mama from the train with the lady? <laughs> and then it just says C Magazine? <laughs> Could you imagine what a male magazine that would be? And you just open it up. There's no one attractive. It's just, well, maybe a couple, but most of it's just... <laughs> the throw mama from the train. Or she starts it. Can and we just copyright <laughs> that right now? Not, not pleasant looking <laughs> women. That's misogynistic. You read horrible. that for the articles. Yeah, you do. Let's find out Ed why. Lindsay, ladies and gentlemen. Throw mama from the chair. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Very good. The internet's a wonderful I had, thing. I had it a is. similar thing happen, okay. and it's in the book. The book has things I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the chapters. It's it's a, a bit of a bio thing, but it also is about the computers on my laptop heating my testicles. Mm-hmm. And while I'm trying to not have them so heated that they... Be, they produce a hard shell tortoise cover, mm-hmm. and I'm worried about the hard drive grinding sound that it's actually teeth eating and chewing on my testicles, mm-hmm. which is, sounds uncomfortable for the listener right now. No, it sounds very, uh, I can relate. You can, because you relate. have the laptop and it's warming you. Of course. That's the process of this year and a half book that I kept that same laptop because I couldn't get the same, same sensation from a light one. <laughs> I actually took it back to the store to keep the grinding heat. Nerd, natting, heating my nads, dim sum, warming mm-hmm. package, in, inducing writing helper. Right. So there's a chapter. I had to say all that just to tell you about the chapter that yeah. has to do with camping. And uh, <laughs> there's a chapter called Things I Shouldn't Have Done. And then the chapter that follows it, I believe, is called Relationships I'd Rather Not Talk About. Okay. Now that is, you know, you will know some of the references in it because okay. you've known me for so many years. I have. But the thing, my camping story was, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a, a woman from last night stuck in my throat. <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry, hairball. Um, it's okay. The, the, that's a feather boa just came out of my it's, mouth. Wait a minute. That's Johnny <laughs> Silverman handed me that in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> so the, this, this uh, camping story was really simple. I, yeah. I've, been, I've been a single father for uh, 15 years because mm-hmm. that's how my uh, ex-wife says, please mention that. <laughs> <laughs> On your book tour is what she and said? On everything. So okay. she's not responsible for my amazing daughters, but she is. She mm-hmm. is perfect, actually. She's a great ex-wife. And uh, if you'd like her information, I can give yeah. you all No, no, I'm, I'm good. As you know, mm. I'm fine. Yeah, you are happily. Uh, that's great because you and I met. Susie through her. That's right, through her porthole, and then you were at my bachelor party, the first guest to ever appear on the show at my bachelor party. But that was please, amazing. But uh, please, the, 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 the continue is going to be very short because I I tee up things a lot, and mm-hmm. then I, it's a very short <laughs> ending. <laughs> That's how the I tee work up at home. You, yeah, yeah. So wait, you want some wine? Give her <laughs> wine. Take mm-hmm. her. Oh, let me show you the house. Show the house. Right. And then it's literally twelve seconds. It's like uh, <laughs> anything else you want to do? Do you want to watch Frozen again? What do you want to do? Um, so. <laughs> So what happened was uh, we're camping, my three daughters, beautiful daughters. Uh-huh. This is 12 years ago mm-hmm. when we are with friends that uh, were dear family friends, still are, and we had it catered. It was it was uh, at Shanling's joke is what you're saying. We yeah. had, uh, well, we were on a river. We were going Snake River to Colorado River, and so we were out under the stars, and uh, it was just beautiful, but I had had knee surgery. So one night I took um, Vicodin because my knee hurt, 
And I also had a lot. It's a bad story. It's a thing I shouldn't have done. Yeah. But it's a, and I drank a, a ton of booze. We were singing Beatles songs, my friend and I. And then I told my daughters, don't, you know, there's two bathrooms. You had bathrooms hooked up in tents? There were, no, that, we didn't, there was no plumbing. I mean, they, I think it stopped at plumbing, but there was a fantastic porta potty. That's what I'm I talking about. I thought to myself, because that was the first thing that I, I, I visited, because when I got out of the car and parked it. You just parked and then went to the bathroom? And then I went, well, I had a, you know, it was a long drive. And I, I thought to myself, because I had not yet seen the tents, I thought to myself, if the tent is not good, I could actually sleep in here. That's how nice the porta potty was. So, and you just, I, I thought, you can't but, lay down in there, right? Well, I mean, I thought I wouldn't be able to do it in a tent either. Right. You know, I had not yet been and seen the queen size bed and the C magazine That's in the amazing. tent that was upstairs. That's great. That comes with all your flights. <laughs> it does. It really was. So, to, to, so you went to we, so we, you took Vicodin and this didn't well, sound like it was going to go very I well. I literally or, had knee surgery, so yes. I told my kids no matter what, if don't get up, it's dangerous because it was to get to the and they had two porta potties, one for one for pee and one for poo. They just I have to go and really? say it. they had two separate ones and they were tented. Um, one for pee. One, yeah, they so, also made so tent number one and tent number two. Yes, and the number two tent cover was so nice. I gave it to a large girlfriend of mine as a <laughs> as a moo. but um. That night, I had had some booze, and you don't mix anything. You don't take anything or do anything. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to stay alive. And I got up, and somebody had given me one of the first, a long time ago. I had never had an Ambien sleeping pill before. They gave me one. Okay. So I had Vicodin, Ambien, and Scotch in me. That's quite the cocktail, I told my kids to be careful. Uh And about (laughs) 2 in the morning, I went into this retrofit bathroom, Mm -hmm. and I split my toe completely open. Completely. So I came moaning down a hill on a riverbed with the help people that were helping us. Yeah. That sounds nice. The The butler. The butler and a couple of other workers that were wonderful people that fed us and got all the boats. We were three boats in a row going places like I don't know what we were doing. It was the stupidest last emperor trip ever. (laughs) And and then they took care of my toe in the middle of the night and I'm boozed and on Vicodin. Then they gave me two more Vicodin. Oh, and then for the I, pain. Yeah, for the pain. They bandaged me up like a turkey drumette, and they gave me some blue cheese dressing to soak it in. <laughs> and then I laid down, and 90 minutes later, we had to leave. So they woke me, but I couldn't wake up. No. So, so my kids were frightened to death that I was the guy on Weekend at Bernie's, that their dad was zombie. <laughs> Speaking of Silverman. Right. Yeah. yeah. Zombie dad. So they put me, I told you it was going to be a short ending, this story. I am such a liar. No, this is no, this is a great story. All right, it's almost over. So they put me in the boat, and they took me down the river. And uh, they rocked me on the water, but they they <laughs> dropped me down. But they took me for eight hours, and they took pictures of me just being. And they put a like Terry Kaiser. Exactly. I had and I had nice. like, and I had exactly. I didn't even have the internet for that one. I have a problem. I, but I had an on golden <laughs> pond hat on also. <laughs> And I had a shirt buttoned up all the way, like... Are the pictures in the book? Uh, no, but the story ends the chapter, and my kids say, you forgot a couple things, but I don't know how you remembered any of them. But that was uh, that's one of the gleeful stories mm-hmm. of uh, one of my dumb antics. That was my camping with money story. Well, there's a couple of things uh, about what you just said that I want to revisit. Please. First things first. When you go you're, in... You're witness. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when you go into, I guess I imagine it's an Apple store. Yes. And and so you walk up to one of those Geniuses. nice genius people yeah. who have their you know their name on a lanyard with the, 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 the mock iPhone with their name on it right. and the lanyard. And you walk up to them in a blue or green T-shirt and you say, listen, uh, I, I'm not interested in a computer based on uh, megabytes or, or weight. 
it's got to be a certain warmth for my my package my package right and how how do you communicate that to someone in a way that i just did or whatever can i say anything yes i say whatever you want uh, I walk up to them and I just take my balls out. Yeah. And I, so they're out. So I'm standing there and I say, "Look, I need these guys to be comfortable." Mm-hmm. And then they, we take it from there. And, he, and then they don't. They don't. They're non-plus. So Did like, you have? Well, an, do you need an appointment? A genius bar appointment? If you're going to walk that? in and take your balls out, yeah. you don't need nothing. <laughs> One thing's for sure: I ain't no genius if my balls are hanging out in the Mac store. Actually, I do make an appointment. No, I, I usually don't. And okay. there's a crisis because I thought my, my Baron, I said actually there, someone's munching on my balls mm-hmm. and Baron von Munchenhausen. I don't know, dumb references. but No, it's okay. That was, eh. But I wanted to get the, the Mac Air, the lighter one. Of course. Which has a, I didn't know it had a plasma screen. So I go home. This is all about my bag. All of it. That's all this is about. <laughs> Just trying to change the junk to typing Quotient yeah. to write this book is a year and a half. So you go sometimes to your desktop, which is a large screen, yes. or you go up to your. I was out at the pool a lot, smoking cigars. There's even a picture in the book yes. of me with Let's my see. final laptop because there's a dedication <laughs> to my mom because she passed away. That's my dad, not is my mom. Dad, my right? dad was my mom was not a bald man. Uh, <laughs> this is the computer that I finished on. So that's a cigar, and that's my backyard reflecting. And it's a MacBook Pro, page two forty three. Yes, for, it is out there. There you go. There's a. So I took that into the store mm-hmm. and said, "I've had it with this. I need the light thing." The guy said, "Well, I'll give you the light thing." And so I turned around and I took it like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Come on, genius, turn me, turn me uh, mm-hmm. not straight." And uh, what? And then I took the light one home, mm-hmm. and I wiped it, and then I got the computer out, and. Uh, and I tried that laptop, and it was so light. Mm-hmm. I just lay in there on me like I was a TV tray in a hospital. Right. You know? Sure. It felt like nothing. I didn't feel the grinding. There was no heat. It so, had a fan in it that made it so light, it almost flew above me. It almost elevated like a hovercraft over my sack. This is not good for your purposes. Then, Took it Bob. back. I said, look, this is not heat in my package. I want this <laughs> gone. And the guy smiled. He was laughing because I said, I'm writing a book, and my ball's got to be hot for it. <laughs> And he took it back, and it, and and I had said it's all full stuff. I wiped it again, and I I erased it. Yeah, it's like a few grand. And I mean, guy, yeah. And the guy the guy took it right back, and then I will admit, as I finished the book, I got the 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 newer version that is better than this one. It's not grinding on my my balls. Well, you don't need that. It's you're you're not using it for the creative process of writing. Not really. No, it's just. Uh, and it's now I'm just I write other articles and stuff, but I'm not uh, doing this. Now I'm just wondering. Have you, you've uh, written a book. Haven't I have. You? What's I the have. name of it? It's called Total Access: A Journey to the Center of the NFL Universe. It's right. about me going from ESPN and learning the NFL world and falling in love with it and start helping start a network and things of that nature. But <clears throat> I, I'm wondering if the book would have sold any better if I was concerned about the temperature of my package, Bob, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just racking my head. Technology was different back then. Well, Rich you're a man too. of arts and letters yourself, Chris. I, I mean, and, and um, uh, Law is a total hillbilly, as you could see back <laughs> so then. So anything that cooked him. his balls is happy for him. Oh, what do, yeah. What do you exactly. think? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Rocky Mountain Oyster. I'm not glamping, that's for sure. Sure, you're definitely not glamping. No, no but so I, I, I'm trying to recall from my studies, I think Shakespeare because it was der- technology was different back then, right? But when he was writing, he had a young man cradling his balls. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, it was Renaissance Fair all the time, <laughs> and it was velour, and you would just lift his coat, and that was your way of jousting. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it was a different time. It was. It was a kinder, gentler way to be to mount young men. But you could see 
obviously. But you, he was, the, he was the, a scribe. I would say fruits of his labor. Oh, Tony, but, to, you know? totally tiny little grape little leaves. Yeah. But he would use a, I mean, he wrote a pen. He, he wrote, he quill. wrote a, wrote, wrote quill. You watch that. I guess he quilled it. Well, that tells you right there mm-hmm. that you want to tickle somebody's butthole. Mm-hmm. With, with a, the quill. With a quill, mm-hmm. with a feather. Sure. But I will say, I do mention in this that Ernest Hemingway, there's a uh, thing, I never read this thing, because I have had some well, book gl- talks, I, book talks. But I, I'm glad that we're, we're going I'll, through this I'll read this, this to you, because I never... Please go ahead. I never read anything from here. Which it's, it's, called, it's called, the conclusion is what, read, read the title of the conclusion, Bob. A, a missionary statement. It's a missionary statement. <laughs> uh, of course it is. And this is, this is two paragraphs, and I never, I never, they're really about the ball cooking thing. So it, it refers to, I'm just cutting the chase, it's a buzzkill for people that haven't read the book. Mm-hmm. But the book is, it's how I talk. It is. It has stories a lot about death. It is about a huge amount of death. My parents lost four children, and I lost two sisters, two or two before me. And my mother just passed away, and my dad lost three, four brothers. So this is, it starts with gallows humor, which gets me to how I could even do jokes like the aristocrats. And it, it explains, I don't know why I needed to, I just... I wrote the book like I'm talking to a best friend that I'm messing around with, but I'm being real honest with. Well, that's so the best part. Of, that's the best way to go about it. It's a, so it's a six-hour conversation, which anyone has that with me, they usually kill themselves <laughs> immediately after. So this just applies to what you just said. Okay. And I never did a reading, even though I recorded the audio book, which, oh, my God. Yeah, you've got to have a few lozenges for that. Wow, I don't know how people can get through that. I mean, I, I did, did that myself for the book. Did so. you have a few Vicodins? Did I did not. No, I was drug free for the entire process, except for that one forty-eight hour night, which you're pulling a, uh, you know, it's like an adaptation where you're going crazy and you're hearing voices of the people you're writing about, but mm. they're deceased. Okay, <laughs> nothing, nothing to admit. Right. So this is what it says. As I wrote this book, a lot of people asked me if I had a ghostwriter. The answer is yes. It was Ernest Hemingway, and my house is full of his ghost vomit and urine. Hemingway said something that helped me get through this, my first book. There is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed. Now, that's a real quote. Okay. Things are cyclical. As I finish this book, I am reminded of how it began with a laptop on my crotch. Hemingway did not have that luxury. I have had the good fortune to warm my testicles up while I write. With a typewriter in his lap for an entire book, Mr. Hemingway would have been ruined. For whom the balls toll, to have and to have not, balls, the old man and his crushed balls. So I just wanted to read those. I wanted to read those titles that I had invented because that's what he would have gone through. Sure, because he would have had a type: the old man <laughs> his, and his, his crushed, crushed balls. balls. I went through every Hemingway title to come up with those. Yeah, those ball uh, titles. So, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> for whom the the balls told, and no one came to arrest me after this book came out. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's only. A I few don't think the statute out. of limitations has run out. No, is the statute of limitations hot? Because I mean, would I want that? I but, think you definitely would. The statute. When people say the statute of limitations, I'm picturing some statue in front of a law building that you might want to hump. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, that against the law? If it's late at night, nobody sees you. That's like if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around. You can hump it. <laughs> yes, you'd end up with. You know what you'd end up with? This would be like those video show jokes I used to do. A woodpecker. That's what you'd have because you'd have a splinter. Mm-hmm. See, that's the kind of jokes. That was eight years of having to do jokes like that. Yeah. That, so that's the question I want to ask you, Bob. And I've never asked you this, and I might as well ask you now. When you were going, when you were doing your the career that um, that folks got to know you first. Yeah, the family in your house career. Yes, sir. Uh, were you? This person screaming inside. 
trying pre- to get was, out. It was pretty verbal. I was pretty outward. Okay, well, but you not in your work. You weren't. No, no, I had to do. You know? I was, and I, I chose to do family television. Well, so there was right. no double entendre. Even though I did do that in the video show, it was all that, but people didn't hear it or perceive it that way, right? Because they did it with a smile. So. I would say these clips are going to spew into your face. I would say those things. And people would go, well, you're, you know, you're just doing a blooper show. But I was really, I had a kid dress up as a centaur, a 14-year-old boy. I'm actually having dinner tonight with Tom Bergeron and Todd Thick. Okay. And Todd Thick was one of my writers. The two guys, Robert Arnott and Todd, wrote the video show when I did it. Mm-hmm. I wrote eight years of script. And voiceovers, look out, you know, mm-hmm. oh, look at me, you right. know, all that dumb, those dumb Bell, uh, Mel Blank wannabe voices, who was like Bugs Bunny and all the genius voices. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the point to the story was I, the centaur boy, I had devised <laughs> a 14 year old boy in a half horse costume yeah. to introduce clips about animals for the hour. It was an hour show. Mm-hmm. We're going to introduce animal clips. So I have Centaur Boy. I said, hi, Centaur Boy. This happened? This yeah. got on it's television? On, on television. ABC yeah. said yes no to this? No shirt. No shirt. They'll just do anything like that. Anything where you could take a young boy and put a hat <laughs> costume on him. And, and he says, hey, Bob, yeah. uh, want to go over here? I said, yeah, you guys watch this, and I'm going to go ride Centaur Boy over there. Um, you said this on America's Funniest Home Video. I certainly did, and I saw it, and it is about as dangerous as it could possibly be. I can't believe charges were not. So pressed. people were just not. They didn't. They, they didn't get. That they didn't way. think of you that. No, way. they just thought that I was playing a character, and I would always beg with my eyes to get me out of there. Kind of people remember yeah. that. That it, he's unhappy. I'm like, no, I'm just begging to be rescued from the, <laughs> from the orb of people getting hit in the nuts. But if it's in. If you think about it, not too deeply, but if you think about it, Bob, I mean, that's YouTube, isn't it? It is YouTube. I mean, and, that, is, and it, that is you. you and it not. was also a number one television show. It was really cool. But but it is a strange thing that... Uh, and YouTube and I, had not yet been... No. And I look at there. YouTube. I was with, I was spent the weekend with my daughter. And, well, I said she was my daughter. But I spent the weekend <laughs> with a very young girl. That I, but I took her to dinner and paid for a room. Oh, no, that was my daughter. And we were looking at the YouTubes that are popular. And I realized... What it was I loved about that show, mm-hmm. why people yeah. loved it when it first came out. She was saying, have you seen this talking baby thing? Have you seen this latest thing? There's some lady getting swung around. It looks like there's more abusive stuff on YouTube that just gets through without a filter right. to anybody that we would never run on but in it's, prime it, time. It's YouTube, but it's also spun off into Tosh.0, The Soup, all the shows that have yeah, these Rob wacky Deer- videos. Rob that, yeah, Rob Dyrdek and... Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I was younger when it, I remember watching it as, as a kid growing up, and it was hilarious. Do you, remember, the, do you remember Centaur Boy? Don't, don't recall the Centaur one, Boy episode. Must he have, lives uh, in my house. Is yeah. he still? Yeah. He's now 29? He's a full-on horse. He, uh, <laughs> he doesn't. He's always, still, he was a real centaur, so he was half horse. Wow. I, I always liked yeah. the jackalope. That was my yeah, that was not on my show. That was on in, uh, World's, uh, America's Funniest People. That Jackalope was, was Dave, Dave Coulier, Coulier. Oh, so yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Uh, my friend Aton Keller. Made a latex it up there. Wow. Oh. So it's a whole different show. It was it's a fun. spinoff of its own show. Right. That with somebody it, that you worked with. That I helped. I wanted him to get the job bad because Dave's my friend. And so that was the perfect thing to have the two guys from Full House that were comedians right. do uh, goofy things and show goofy people. So they would people would send in their how goofy they were. 
And the jackalope was a thing that moved around quick, and Dave did the voice like, <laughs> and then it would just run fast around. as fast can be. You'll never catch me. There you go. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. And, and you're and you're you're tight with the, the, all those folks yes. from back then, still, I'm, right, I'm Bob? Very close. Very close. You and Stamos are close, and and uh, it's uh, scary to not say his name in a sentence. It's upsetting. It's like, okay. If you don't, if I don't say it within a certain hour, I have a, a, a bit of a. <laughs> That's how I, close you I really take are. A pill. And Dave Couillet is getting married, and we're going to his wedding. I'm taking two of my daughters, and Stamos is going, and a couple other friends, and my nephew. Uh, Dave Couillet is marrying. Dave has a farting problem. Dave can't really? stop farting. <laughs> so that's how long. Is this his first wife? Uh, his first? No. Oh, okay. No, but this Let's one see. has no sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a joke. It would be kind of like me marrying, and uh, not meant any disrespect. Yes. It would be a gift for me, a deaf woman. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have to listen to all this. All this. And then she would just go, you know, I, I heard you. <laughs> Is that in bad taste? Not at all, not Bob. At all. Not, not, not at I've all. I've always been attracted to Marley Matlin. Oh, please. Yeah. It's a beautiful woman. I know. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Yep. So then I guess the, 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 the right question to ask you for a man who's written a book, Dirty Daddy, The Chronicles of a Family Man Turned Filthy Comedian, is when did you first realize you were a complete degenerate, Bob? When did you realize that? I, didn't th- I never thought I was one, ever. Mm-hmm. Because when I was nine, I was, everybody was, my dad's sense of humor to get us through all the deaths were just sick jokes. So Is that, so that's where it all started? Him. Well, it's gallows humor. It would be like, you know, we were next to an ice machine. We'd hear the ice drop, and my dad would go, oh, there's your grandmother. You know, no so kidding. that's that's the kind of humor it was. And we had, I'm telling you, we had we had two funerals a year for like 10 no years. No kidding. Like big family funerals. That's what the books are really. But there's a good, solid dick joke. There's two of them on every page. No matter how much death is going on, <laughs> I fit two in because that is what you do. You don't just hurt people. You throw in just arbitrary dick jokes. <laughs> There's one where I was talking, I, when I did the book tour a month ago, I went, you know how you sell these things. I went of course. to the 92nd Street Y in New York, and John Oliver moderated. No this kidding, wonderful, that's fantastic. It was wonderful. It was a really fun talk back, and, uh, or talk, or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. And he read a passage from it. That I don't remember some of it. And it was just about how I was walking through the house and spotting, and how I was, you know, I have so much, I'm so fertile that if I don't, uh, you have to a man has to, and mm-hmm. if you and I would without meaning to, but that's dangerous because it's on the steps and you could slip and fall <laughs> on your own seat. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and then you go into something completely serious, and then I go into philosophy of you know no one can define who you are. Right. That's after like two pages of seminal leakage, <laughs> which is also the Indian reservation where I lived for a while, <laughs> but. It's a, it's a, it's got a lot of uh, a wiener humor, and it also has. I don't, I don't mention names. I, I drop names, but I don't tell names. Okay. So I don't. Well, because uh, obviously you, you've, uh, you, you, pretty much know everyone in this this town here, Bob. I know that for a fact. If it, if it's a, a kind of a personal book of yours, anything you put in there where you thought maybe shouldn't have, or got a call from a family member, or anything I, like I that. I left out you? a couple friends. Um, and she was in there, and I took her out because they didn't want to hear like all the me just blabbing about things. My patron causes Slurdum Research Foundation. I made a movie called For Hope that I made years ago. I directed it, and Lori Lachlan was on Full House, and she helped, said, "Why don't you make a movie about your sister?" And all that stuff came out. And then mm-hmm. I went and searched the book, and Lori's name was not in it. Mm. And that's like one of my dearest friends. So that's about as bad. You were thinking, did anything despicable come out? 
Um, Either way, yeah. But there was a drunk driving thing I did that I wrote in it because it's kind of a bookseller and it's kind of a real thing that happened. And mm-hmm. I was I almost flipped the car and a friend was in it and he remained nameless because he actually changed his name to nothing afterward. <laughs> yeah, he's alive. He just decided to have no name. Yeah, no name. He, he just removed it. It, literally removed himself. He never wanted to have his name in print with mine, so he has no name. Well, let, you you brought it up. Let's let's hit it because I've I've been to a few of your charity events, Bob, and and they're quite moving. And the best charity events that 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 you go to are not only ones for great cause and that they're moving; it's they're personal. And you you weave your your entire fiber, your entire being into uh, the Scleroderma Research Foundation, correct? Yeah, thank you. And I've been there a couple times. As a matter of fact, there's been some NFL Network packages. It's been thrown there. And You've I'm, been really please, gracious. Bob, You've I, been on emails. Well, you're the I man. Listen, you are the man. It, it, it's, did you it, say that during camping? You were the man? I did, actually, <laughs> while glamping. I don't hate wow. to correct you. I hate to correct you, especially when I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm um, I'm turning to your charity right here, and it's all about you. Um, but it, there's also a couple events called uh, uh, what? Hot comedy, cool, co- cool, cool comedy, comedy, hot, hot cuisine, cuisine, where you mix uh, the. It, it's great. Where you uh, they mix the uh, the the best cuisine from whichever city in which you're holding the event. San Francisco's had yeah, we it. Just did it. Top chef chefs. And, and, it, right? and yeah, they're Susan all there. Fenniger and Mary Sue Milliken. She owns oh, incredible she's a board yeah, member. Street and street, street and board of grill and board of grill. Yeah. And then some great comedians. Awesome. Just we great. just raised over six hundred grand in San Francisco with Jeff Garland and Train and Don Blue, who's a fixture of radio there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's a lighting fixture. Yes, he's a very nice man. Garland's a great dude. Garland is a real special guy. He is. Has he been on this podcast? Oh, many times. Bitching oh. about a Chicago Bears a few times. Getting, Boy, getting does he it get out. it. He gets excited. I know. He's the greatest. We love, I, I love like Garland. the White Sox. I sang the anthem at the White Sox game. How'd that one go for you? Really well. I didn't. It was a picture of me in the paper going. He he sang the anthem. The, I, 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 <laughs> Not I, throw out the first pitch. I you sang say, the anthem. I, I don't know. That, I think singing the anthem's tougher than throwing Not, out a first pitch. It's just really Not tough for me. You don't want to see me throw. Don't see. <laughs> I, Dave uh, Wells is a mutual friend, right? Yeah, so yeah. Dave, I went to his training camp for his cause, and he had a, a benefit charity for someone he cares about. Yeah. And I was in Tampa, and I got to play ball with him. And he just, I can play, I could throw out the first pitch if it was if I was playing with him or something. Right. I can't do it otherwise. I have. Well, you could imagine. Why, why don't you throw out the first pitch of a Padres game and have David Wells catch it? So you can actually throw it to him. And this is all overhand. This is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be can legendary. Mount the centaur. Have him make you a little closer. Can't your butler, your camping butler, <laughs> just carry it over to him? Yes, that's possible. <laughs> Bob you would like it. me to hand you this. Would you like some Grey Poupon? <laughs> oh. Please place this in the midst of that gentleman over there, that centaur with the mitt. <laughs> yes. But, I, but the play. National Anthem, it, it's cool to sing that and be able to do it. That's, hard, that's a hard song. Are, are you a singer, too? I sing in my stand-up. I've always I've always Well, I, of sung. course. Don't ask. No, yeah, you're seen, not. No, I've, seen, no, I've seen you sing, and you've got the guitar. Yeah, I do it. My last special, I was nominated for a that? Grammy. What a dumbass for me to say, especially since I've seen. But no, I, I, I would think you'd sing said, the National Anthem, though, Bob. Nobody would. Nobody would. And you I know. definitely wouldn't get nominated for a Grammy. For that. It's a good. It's a hard song to sing. Mm-hmm. You just have to uh, state. You can't mess it up, and you can't grab your crotch, which has <laughs> happened at a San Diego game. Yeah. Speaking of us throwing out at a San Diego game, she meant nothing by that. Well, she didn't have. She she also she didn't have didn't. the laptop. You know. No, mine she didn't was, have that old. Concept. Mine's protected. I've already got like a Darth Vader <laughs> helmet on my helmet. <laughs> my, you know what's interesting? The track 
a mouse. Well, it kind of looks like a, your package. Am I wrong? No. People are working mouses. Women are working mouses in a, in an office. Mm-hmm. I actually don't look at their eyes or try to check out their bodies. I mm-hmm. just look at how they hold that mouse. Is that right? <laughs> that tells me what is in store for me, possibly. If they hold that mouse in a loving way, mm-hmm. or if they ever sometimes want in between turn it upside down and just cup the mouse, mm-hmm. and they're not really working the mouse. The infrared light's touching nothing. So, so are you a, a, a right click guy or a left click guy? Uh, that's an interesting question. Okay, okay. next topic. Here I've never been asked that. Yeah, I figured you. You know, I, I'd I'd wonder if there's one that I just want to. I, I wanted to, to to work my mouse upside down and ask me to turn my head and cough. That's what I'm. I want. <laughs> I, at this point in my life, I want medical help. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go. I'm actually going to go. I mean, I mean, I just lost my mom, but I'm looking for young nurses. Mm. So I'm going to a lot of places still as though she's alive and saying, I need a nurse. Mm. And uh, she needs to be about 26. And she's got to be really beautiful and very caring and loving. And she's got to do everything. You know, she's got to clean up and, you know, do all the cleanage. And, will she cleanage. Spot? Cleanage, spongeage, yeah. yeah, washage, whatever. Anything, anything with well, an edge. They'll say, "Well, where's your, where's your mom? Where, where does she live?" I go, "Well, she passed away a couple months ago." And they go, "Well, what do you need the nurse for?" And then I just give them that look, you know. <laughs> you know, I need a nurse. Has there ever been discussion? That's, that's creepy. Huh? That's creepy. Yeah, it is. I would never do that. No, of course not. You were just, kids. you were just, you were just, you were just spitballing there. That's what I want somebody to do to me too. Spitballing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, they say that's riffing and coming up with jokes, but there's yeah. another meaning to that. Yeah. Hey, want to come over and spitball for a while? No. No. You got to ask that, that of the right person. You do. And you have to watch Frozen again. <laughs> again. And ask them if they like white wine with ice cubes in it. <laughs> with mm. ice cubes in it. Oh, my gosh. So, has, has so there ever been, you, you've never had a podcast like this ever, have you? Me? Yeah. You, oh, we've had we, we've gone off the wall, we've gone off the rails many times. And we've, we've gone had off fun. The rails oh a few yeah. Times. Hell yeah. No. Really? This no, is, no, no. We're only at maybe. Yeah. Two, you. Two you bleeps, how many? How many is, time codes have you written? Well, we have two, to. We have two, to have a to conversation four. to see if we have to bleep out the word balls. And, and in certain contexts, it's like it's like the old uh, the 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 George Carlin joke, right? The seven things the, the, you can't say. Well, there's seven things you can't say, and then there, or or there's certain things that you can't put in, or yeah, you can't be right. penetrating, but you, you can. Know. My yeah. ass hurts, but you can't. can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the minute you have a conversation about anything that might, right? There's rules. Right. Well, uh, we don't know the rules, but we'll find devolve them. in that res- in that respect. Has there ever been a conversation? Because you you were just on the uh, Entourage set right i was on the set i might be in the movie i don't know what the cameo how those are great cameos in the regular series by the way yeah it was fun those were a lot of fun a lot of fun and it was not like my life it's just you know me sending up my character i just wish he didn't have my name (laughs) (laughs) well it happens it does Uh, has there ever been a conversation of a full house reunion did that ever happen a lot of of those and that's just not going to happen anytime it does as they say forward it just doesn't doesn't happen I'd rather just hang out with everybody, right? Individually, or yeah, as a, a large group, it's too much. And it's <laughs> it's it's, it's insane what's happened with the the twins, right? They're I mean, very successful, and and they should be. They're very they're they're lined. Have you seen their clothing? I have not. I'm wearing it under these clothes. <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's like the the nicest clothes that exist. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what they would the butler would put on you in camping if it's you wanted glamping. That's what I Sorry, do, man. Glamping. That's what I'm doing. I still can't doing. believe this is a real thing. It is. 
It's actually I a got, good thing. It was somebody had a birthday party doing it. I got one because I'm a I'm a huge fan of this movie, and a, a group of my friends. It's one of those where we'll just recite lines to all day. Dirty work. Oh, bless you. And it, it's one of those just underground. Like I, it, I, it kind of had a cult following after after the fact. After Norm's it didn't great open. In, in Artie Lang, <laughs> just kind of what was that that like working on on that film? It was uh, quite quite fun and difficult too because a comedy movie is yeah, is really oh, hard and it was and the writers and everything you know they're Saturday Night Live oriented type writers so everybody's it's guerrilla warfare you got to make it the funniest thing possible so uh, sometimes I did a great job and sometimes I was just okay I think in my opinion but I love the movie a lot oh, so, Chris McDonald's great life. in it every, Chris McDonald's so funny in it so funny he's got the little dog <laughs> I think he's got his finger up that dog's ass <laughs> that then, was so funny I almost my pants and almost yeah high five each other I think, that's first time you a, I think that's first time you've ever had a self-time code yourself well, you know it happens the yeah because you know we're, we have the nfl shield at the top you know yeah like we represent the nfl yeah so, so we got is... i mean we we, I, I, we made a decision long time ago that we're just going to have conversations people are going to say what they're going to say and we'll decide afterwards what right. to bleep out and what, right what to keep. yeah it, you might not be able to say all the package stuff you can say that, i think that package junk. is good package junk, junk all that's but the good b-, b word might be coming out what's that word balls i don't i think that one's know. okay I think it, depends, to... it depends how it's used i don't know balls well, I'm, i don't only, think I, I, I i didn't use them uh, in a lascivious way i just no, talked about them well, you They're did just like yes. a keychain and, but there. we've never here's the thing of the conundrum if you will that's been presented by this conversation bomb is we've had conversations about balls many times i mean obviously it's a football show yeah um but we've never had a conversation about balls being warmed by a laptop right to uh provide uh a, a creative environment to write a book like dirty daddy that you should go get on amazon.com or in bookstores near you right now yeah and that's... so that we've never this is this so is you're what saying you've done. that because of football yeah that Balls are mentioned all the time. Of course. The the carry the ball. But never in the context the of Dirty Daddy, the Chronicles of a Family Man Turned Filthy Comedian. Yes. Available at most bookstores everywhere. Yes. Or downloadable from anywhere if you want to hear more of this kind of voice. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've never had that. I mean, we had uh, last year when uh, Wes Welker um, uh, uh had a fumble, or I guess a muffed punt. He had a muffed punt. No, and a he huge didn't. Game. Yes, he did. We had a muffed punt, and we had uh, we had Dennis Miller against on against the Patriots. Against the Patriots, he had a muffed punt against the Patriots in overtime, and um, that's seven and, minutes. And, and the thing that they and and when when players uh, when you are receiving the punt and the punt drops to the ground first, hits the ground. That first. happens with old age. <laughs> when the punt hits the ground first, they scream out the word Peter. To, no, to tell everybody don't. to get away yeah, from the football. That's like a fire word. Or Peter, hot Peter, word. it's the hot word. Like Peter, they just scream, Peter, Peter, get away from. That's the way. It, just to, so you can Do the say whole one sentence. Peter, here, Peter, here. get away from the. Well, I mean, I'm explaining to you. It's yeah. not. It's not like a. It, it's not like a, 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 a playground sort of song. It's. Right. I, it may have sounded like the way I did it, but basically, it's the. It's the code word. It's the safe word by whoever's receiving the punt. If they if they're not able to receive it on the fly and it hits the ground, and it's on the fly. You're just adding to this. I'm adding to all of this magic. on the fly. Exactly. Uh, you scream, Peter, 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 so no one else touches the ball. If I help. If I hear Peter, Peter, I'm not touching anything. That's correct. Especially a ball. Right. So, but that's at least two Peters. Because if, if the punt is muffed, 
then then there's a lot of issues with the ball being on the ground and people screaming Peter Muff. because they didn't catch it on the fly. So I mentioned this to Dennis Miller, and what was his line? He said something like, Peter and Muff in the same sentence. Reminds me of the area of free love or free something. free love. Like, I mean, right, you know, right. so, so we've had conversations like this before on this show. Right. Uh, with 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 funny folks, with comedians, right? Because a muff, with authors, must punt. You don't even want to say. There's just nothing good about that. It, it could come out wrong. What about if you even want to go to a friend's wedding and you're wearing a cummerbund, mm-hmm. and they call it a cummerbund, but it's it's we're in Germany, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it is a, a German word, cummerbund. Yeah, that's I what think it sounds it, I like. Think it is, and it's you like know, the two dots on top of the U. Yeah, the umlaut. And you know, that's for those scoring at home. I dated an omelette. Did you? Yes. Did you watch Frozen again with I her? I did. <laughs> and her sister is an ocelot. She came over. And uh, her mom's an aardvark. So <laughs> anything that has the that alliteration type of, course. of thing. But uh, the cumberbund, <laughs> yes. the cumberbund, whatever that you wear uh, mm-hmm. around your stomach to basically cover up your, your gumentaschen, yes. uh, which is a word I made up. Uh, <laughs> The, the, so the it won't slits. be in the index of the book. That's no, no index. There's no nothing. There's no, There's no, uh, no none of that. Mm-hmm. We decided that why why do that? Mm-hmm. But the crumbs are supposed to get caught. It's supposed to catch crumbs. That's is that why what the it is? pleats go upward. Oh. But if you're a non-crumb catcher, which yeah. I am not, <laughs> if I am out in a tuxedo and yeah. I have my cummerbund mm-hmm. around my waist in my own fanny pack, Spanx holding in kind of way and uh-huh. clip it in the back yeah because it has a clip if it's a mm-hmm. the old-fashioned cumberbuns mm-hmm. cumberbuns were tied they didn't have the little clasp like we have in our modern day oh, ties are made or cumberbund technology and exploded and really exploded yeah. and upside down would <laughs> if you don't have the crumb catcher upward then the crumbs are meant to just go to the floor yeah and i believe that if you're Cumberbund mm-hmm. is going that uh, you got that around your waist, right above your your uh, package. Stu- package. Yeah. You want the crumbs to go just hit the floor. Let gravity work. Interesting. That's I did not know any of this. Really interesting. My isn't prom it? night would have been so much more different <laughs> if I had known. Which, I'd, by the way, is the last time I wore a, a Cumberbund. Who were you on prom with? Oh gosh, this is Kara Henderson's favorite story of friend oh, of which we've heard yeah, before. Yeah. Uh, Rochelle Selman. Oh, I know her. Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> were you in the Humvee? No, we. I think. I think. I think we. I think we watched uh, Escape uh, from Witch Mountain together. Back ah, in the day. Yeah. From, from which mountain was it? Uh, this was a long time no, I ago. Know. I forgot. I don't even remember the mountain. Mm. Uh, but no, this was, yeah, that's who I, I and I, I worked a double coupon days at Pathmark to pay for the uh, event. Nice. Yeah. Double coupon I days. I you worked a in a supermarket. Bob. Oh, yeah. Where? Pathmark. Where? Which one? Um, I was in Philly at Pantry Pride Food Fair. I worked at Pathmark in, um, in Staten Island, New York. I think it was on Highland Boulevard in Staten Island, New York. And, uh, you know, work the carts, got all the, you know, people will just take the stuff to the car, Bob, and leave their carts around willy-nilly. That's why, to this day, to this day, whenever I cart to the car, always return the cart. I, do I don't just leave the cart by the side. Sometimes, of the I'll, if I don't have time, I'll put it up on a thing so it don't roll away. I'll so put it like up on curb, a sidewalk. On like a curb? I'll curb the cart. And if but it's a me, go-funny cart wheel that had yeah. a problem anyway, if yeah. it's a gimp cart, if you will, <laughs> I will... Uh, Get a counselor, and I will have a a a, ple- a piece made for it, an extra like I would a, a shoe. Of you a, call a triple A? Is I, that what you do? I call <laughs> a, a cart cobbler, and they put a piece of wood 
underneath the cart, uh, uh-huh. the cart uh, question uh, GoFundMe wheel to, okay. to have it be able to function with the rest of the carts nice. and not feel out of place. You're a giver, Bob, but I've always known that about you. I don't think the you... carts should be punished for um, <laughs> ladies and men to bash them into things. The the reason the cart has a that GoFundMe wheel, which has been a comedy premise for many, many comedians since comedy began... Mm-hmm. And carts began. <laughs> carts in comedy. Right? Right. Uh-huh. The reason that that happened was because they were mistreated. Those carts were treated bad. They were bashed into curbs. There's no way you can chip a wheel yeah. and flatten a wheel unless you let it roll. Maybe as an employee when you're catching them all at the end of the night, the, cat, the cart catcher, yeah. he needs to run through the parking lot. And he's about 16 or 17. It's his yeah. first job. That was me. He's got 30 carts. And the 30 carts are going full speed, and it's 2 in the morning, and he's trying to close up after he did the forklift and the pallets and moving everything around. Forklift and the pallets. Right. That front cart that's got 40 carts behind it, that Mm -hmm. wheel is doomed. That wheel didn't expect it, didn't see it coming. It's not right. left front wheel is flattened beyond recognition. Is that in the book? No. That's in your next book, (laughs) maybe. Damn it. That's in your next book. Going to open the next book with Lori Lachlan. Lori Lachlan. That's right. And a wheel that's been hurt. You can go to the Apple store and get yourself the hottest grindingest computer that you can find I'm going to find one that actually has like a mouth underneath it (laughs) (laughs) you look you turn it upside down and it's just an open faced instead of the apple symbol Hoover yeah this looks like it's your worst peach? nightmare of, of why did I go out with her underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it smacks its lips right when you're about to pay for it. Dirty Daddy, the chronicles of a family man turned filthy comedian. Bob Saget, uh, go go to Amazon.com, get it now. It's a, a lot of fun, I'm sure, because, uh, again, I, I, I would give the personal testament to it. Um, you're, you're, they didn't get it. They didn't you. get it in time. I don't Didn't get in time. I, I don't lie and sit but here. We had time. But I lo- I'm sure I I know you. I've known you for a very long time. I know who you are. I'm, and, a, I'm a responsible young man. But it, like I said, that this is well. I mean, here's the thing: is that this is who you are. You're you're a funny guy with a twisted sense of humor, but it's steeped in obviously family tradition. You're a family guy. You're a good guy. You're a guy who cares about charity and the charitable aspects of your life, and your friends love you, and. Uh, if that's in this book, which is what I'm sure this book is, that's then you should go get it. That's really nice. It's a I true story. Go, I should go get it. You should go get it. We should all go get it. <laughs> Dirty Daddy, the Chronicles of a Family Man Turned Filthy Comedian. And how many? How can people um, help rid the scourge of scleroderma? Where can people go to help find out more about this disease and and donate tons of money Thank you. to it? They can go to srfcure.org. And then uh, that's it. And it just shows you our website and shows you... How what doctors were connecting and who were funding? We're funding uh, a lot of places. We're, we made over thirty million dollars in the past twenty five years. So Incredible! It's we're funding uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Scleroderma Center there and US, UCSF and Stanford, and we're doing another benefit June fifth in Vegas at the Hard Rock. I mean, no, at the that's a good one, wrong place. <laughs> at the <laughs> at the House of Blues at the Mandalay Bay. That's where it'll be. Okay, and, uh, and then I'm doing. And one people again. can and and people can get tickets. You can get other. tickets or tables. I'm you, uh, from you, this you, uh, from our site. Your Los Angeles one, the last one that I was at, Kimmel was the MC, right? Yeah, Kimmel emceed, and uh, who Kimmel was there, and and you had. I had you uh, late night. Craig, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson was there, and um, who am I? Who am I uh, blanking on? I'm blanking. I looked too. around. I'm like, it's, it's Conan ter- O'Brien. It was like Conan was there. Not too. at that. Not at that one. Uh, he was there. 
I'm telling was you, Conan was, there you, too? you had like every late night show my guy minus oh, yeah, Leno in, in the Los Angeles oh, it, area it standing was, in one spot. It was Conan. You did. He's so sweet. Conan was there. Wow. Kimmel was there. And who Craig Ferguson up? was wow. there. Who did stand up? Garland did stand Jeff up. Jeff Garland. Did Jeff Ross do stand up? Jeff Ross was there doing oh, stand up. He was funny that night. Ross has and, been on this show twice. Oh, and and um and also now that I'm I'm here, I'm back again. Um uh, Bill Bellamy did stand up because his mother-in-law had uh, passed away from scleroderma, and um, it was very, very nice. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel did the auction with me. That's right, Kimmel was there. And it's just You're like you know, fresh from Hollywood. He came straight from from doing a show. He's wearing the same suit. He's a good guy. That's his hometown, right, Vegas? Yeah. Oh, the, that this was, was here. in Los Angeles. Oh, was this was right here. It was every, any late night show. Uh, Lena was the only late night show, network late night show host based in. Los Angeles, who who wasn't there? And he's a night. part of this too. He's on the cover of your website, right? He does. Leno does do stuff. He does do. Well. Yeah, he has done benefits for us before, and um, it's unbelievable. The he's a good the, man. The, the the comedy grind that he's that he just. I mean, I, and what you do too. I, I mean, I I did it for three years in college. I it's the toughest thing I've ever had to do, and it's the thing I respect the most. Truly. Well, what you do and, is really cool. I mean, you're, well, I mean, I'm I'm not you know America's favorite pastime. You know. How, Everything about it. I don't even know how to tie my football shoelaces up. That's you call okay. them football shoes? No. <laughs> what are they called? What are those shoes cleats, called? Cleats. Cleats. But the shoes. They, will a guy go? I got to go get my cleats. Yes. Yeah. He won't say. say I, he won't say. I got to go get my football shoes. <laughs> I have to lace up my football shoes Defin- for my practice. Definitely. Um, I mean, that's one way to put it. That would be one way to put it. Cleats. Yep. And what do you call that thing where your junk showing that has a has like a hardback book in the back. The of Apple Store. Oh, <laughs> the pants they wear. They're tights. I got to go put on my tights. No, it's my just pants. Pants. They just pants. They say pants. Yeah, the pants. Jersey pants. Jersey, I know. Jersey, I know. Shoulder pads, I understand. Yes, you do. Did they just say pads or did they say shoulder pads? Pads. Pads. I think pads. Right. Helmet. Helmet's still the same. Helmet. Well, I use that every day, no matter what. <laughs> How's my helmet? And then watch Frozen again. Oh, I can't wait to see I it. I love that I joke. I still don't know how it ends. That's the joke out of I all these I, that I never Susie's going to love the most listening to Because <laughs> you've no seen it like 900 it times too, Rich. Watch I, I've, seen it, I've seen it twice. I, I don't understand it, and I can't get to the end. You can't? No, I get busy. <laughs> What did Travolta call the singer name again? Adele Dazeem. Adele Dazeem. Oh, poor guy. Adele Dazeem. Oh, he got uh, He must present again. What's that big year? song from Frozen? What was uh, that? Let It Go. Oh, that's what Dave Collier does. What do you mean? He lets it go. <laughs> Ripper. He just rips him. Uh, Joey and the Rippers. Yeah, right? Jesse and Jesse and the Rippers. Jesse but and the Rippers. But no, I don't know why I should have to correct you with full house <laughs> trivia. <laughs> I mean, I I apologize. That's terrible. I don't know what uh, football pants are by called, the way, but by I can the way, tell you what Jesse and the Rippers sang. Bob's John Travolta name is Brooks Gardner. You're Brooks Gardner. Uh, oh, because they put it through a language transfer? Yeah, yeah. It's they a funny bu- thing. built a whole world. Yes, like, they did. It's like uh, Avatar. Um, they built a whole language. <laughs> whole planet. A whole planet is based on his mispronunciation. Oh, one man's eight-second mispronunciation. Bob, this was great. Thanks I for loved, coming on. I love seeing you. Can Same I here. have the headset? Take it with me in the car? Yes, it's yours to keep. Can we keep talking all the time? <laughs> we could. Like all we could talk. We don't talk enough. I you and I don't you talk and I enough. Should have you're like a busy a... man. You're you're a man with many many traits. You got any things. bachelor party stories oh, no, for us, no, Bob? Before we get you I, out of here. The first thing I don't talk about those things. Okay. So anyway, so I'm doing this girl. No. <laughs> And I'm, not, I'm not like that, actually. I talk about stuff, but I don't do it. And then people will like do weird no, you things. Didn't. Oh, they'll show me pictures, yeah. and they'll go, hey, look what I was doing to my girlfriend. I'm like, what? I don't want. 
I really am not like this. Yeah, just, I just joke about it. <laughs> I don't want a visual, dude. <laughs> yeah, but look at her. No, you're demoralizing her. And are you done with her yet? Because I'm interested. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Does she have a sister? <laughs> Does she want to watch Frozen? No. I got to get something new besides Frozen. That's That's cool. I hadn't heard that one move. yet. That's, that's I, and I got move. some uh, some really good truffle pizzas for in the freezer. <laughs> Where'd you get them? Oh, my God. Frozen truffles. I love truffles. Yum. That's a good go-to move. It is. It's a good bad. go-to move. Do you like goat cheese, honey? <laughs> Dirty Daddy, the chronicles of a family man turned filthy comedian, Bob Sackett. Thanks for coming on this program. Thanks for having me. I think it's like, I sound like to catch a predator. This is terrible. It's okay. Bob's a good man, everybody. <laughs> Go buy his thanks book. Thanks for that. Bob Sackett, everybody. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Rich, if you don't see it me, me at draft, you'll know why. My superiors have come. <laughs> They've given me you the think boot. it's that bad? No, absolutely not. No, he was great. That was that was uh, very was funny, funny stories. I'm not going to be able uh, sure if I'm going to be able to walk into the Apple Store and look at all the <laughs> the, the ingenious employees the same, or a mouse ever again, or a mouse, or go camping. Uh, oh, what else? <laughs> oh man, Bob Saget. He's a so good man. Good. Seriously, so good. go to that charity. What a horrible disease scleroderma is, and it's 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 a disease few people know about, and it's it's brutal. It's terrible. And he's a good man. His sister passed away to it, and he's been dedicating so much of his time to to um, to getting uh, awareness for the disease and and money thrown at it. So he's a good man. Good old Bob Saget. That's All right. Great. So walk me through next week, Law. When I stroll in to. So, to the NFL offices next Tuesday. What happens? For mock draft or well, for Well, I mean, is the mock draft the before or after our meeting? The mock draft is after the meeting. But Monday we're taping the television special of the show, which uh, Brockman will be back here uh, slicing and dicing yeah. with a new editor. When is That's on Tuesday night also? <clears throat> that's going to air Tuesday night at 10.30 oh, p.m. Chris, Eastern. You're going to be up against it. I apologize. Same thing as the last. That's it's fine. The, it's the only, it's we'll the get only, it done. It's the only way we can get way. it done. Yeah, if you want to do it on and location our, in New York draft week, Monday's the only day well, we can Well, I don't want to throw our, our guests out yet. We can throw two out. We can? We can throw two out. We can? Yeah. We can throw two out. We can throw two out. Yep. Ooh. You sure? Because one of them, we don't want to throw the name out if the name's not 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 confirmed. We could throw one of them out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's not throw any names out. We're right, having Tra- a TV Tracy, show. Tracy Morgan's one of them. Tracy Morgan is on the show next I week. I figure if the event's in 30 Rockefeller Center, we should have Tracy Morgan. Exactly. And uh, he's got a new comedy tour coming out as well, so he's going to probably be in a city near you guys okay. at some point soon. The always hilarious. So that's uh, that's going to be next week. But anyway, that's Monday. Forget that. Tuesday, I walk in. I'm just trying to get through my sure. schedule. So, Tuesday, so, I walk into to 345 Park Avenue, and I have a, a, a meeting. No, Tuesday, you're going to come in at 1230. You're okay. going to get uh, wardrobed up for mock draft. Well, I'm going to come in a little bit before that because I don't want to announce where and when I'm going to be in New York City. Uh, that's, I don't want to telegraph that to people. <laughs> But that's, that's okay. That's so Tuesday, I walk in the building and I and I, and I do your thing first, right? Yep, that's the eight eight of you guys plus Mike Mayock, all okay. picking four teams each. You have the third overall pick for the Jaguars. Which again, um, I, I'm I'm I know what you want to do, Rich. I know what you want to do. I think they should go Johnny Manziel, but I'm not in the meeting rooms. I'm not the one sitting there thinking what's best for their team. I just think what's best for that city and that franchise and that division, you're going to have Andrew Luck out there. And for a franchise that I know there's two ways to, 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 to get your team back to prominence, a slow burn where you build for the long run 
and hope for the best and keep getting better and better and better and better, and then you win games, and then you shove it down people's throats, and that's how you got to get attention paid because respect has been earned in that regard. I understand that. And another way to go is to make a humongous splash and hope for the best. And and this team, this team needs to take the tarps off of certain parts of that building. Yeah. And we talked about it last week in a way. I think it was on this show. It might have been a different show that I was on, a radio show. But we talked about the schedule last week. And I know our schedule show made some people's head pop off their necks because we really got deep into it with some arcane issues and matters about the schedule and networks and what have you. But week one, we talk about Seattle hosting Green Bay. Week one, we talk about San Francisco opening up in Denver. Andrew Luck visiting Peyton Manning on Sunday night football. The Falcons and the Saints opening the season against one another. We talk about those games first. If Jacksonville picks Johnny Manziel, suddenly those four games are joined by Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. There's no question about it. Suddenly, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh, which nobody's talking about right now, and with all due respect to Khalil Mack, nobody will be talking about that game between now and then. Jacksonville at Pittsburgh, you choose Johnny Manziel. We're talking about that game. Yeah. We're promoting that game. You can put you can put a Didi Kinkabwala on that field for game day mornings week one show right now. She could book her ticket. Four live updates. Because she 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 knows that Steeler organization. Absolutely. She's usually our go to reporter for That's Steeler right. games. But she could she could go right now. And anybody with a camera, anybody with a camera in Jacksonville, Florida, should call Harvey Levin right off the bat at TMZ or whatever that phone number is and offer their services because that's exactly the type of star quality that's coming to town. And people follow him around, and that's what happened. The paparazzi is going to be coming to Jacksonville. But we saw how that fared in Denver, and they shipped them out. Who, Tebow? Yeah. These yeah, are two different people. Matt Zell can actually play football. But so can Terrell Owens, but when it becomes a sideshow sometimes. I mean, it, it's apples to apples when you're talking about, quote-unquote, sideshows, distractions. Yeah. It's apples to oranges when you're talking football, I, I, I think. I mean, uh, so Manziel, what he can do is, yes, in a Tebow manner, in a T.O. manner, get eyeballs, sure. But I think a win and loss matter. I think it's a different ball of wax. I, I don't know. Hmm. But I need to do a little bit more homework. I know the last few weeks I said, you know, yeah, rip the knob off, make buck. Yeah, I know. I'm not ready for that. I'm, I'm stepping back. Okay. I'm stepping back. All right. Call it a tease. I can't You're also wait rich. for the first round. I can't wait for next Thursday. Thursday night, 8 o'clock I Eastern. We're, I think we're on the air all day long. Oh. Uh, my call time got moved up. Normally they they throw us out there for nine hours, uh, but but there, uh, some people around this building and I thank them uh, decided to keep some blood in the stone, and we're on the air. I think from I think the the Mayock and myself and everyone else gets on the set at six Eastern, so two hours pregame for us. But we're on the air live from Radio City yeah, Music Hall yeah. all day. Yep. So Tuesday we do that mock draft. Then our meeting when when again it's just going to be. Essentially, uh, Charlie Yook 
uh, who's going to be in the main chair, everyone else. Mike Mariano. Mike Mariano, Chris Works, Chris our, Works. our producing staff. Uh, they're going to be sitting, obviously, at this table, too. And we're going to hear, we're going to basically hear um, Mayock. You know, Mayock's going to be our guy. And, you know, we're going to listen to him. That's the way the, that's the way this is going to go. And then after Mayock talks, we'll hear from Charles Davis. We'll hear from some other people. And, you know, that's the way the meeting's going to go. Yep. That's my Tuesday, right? That's your Tuesday. Yep. Okay. Wednesday. You're on a show. Seth Myers. Yes. Yeah, I'll be appearing on Seth Myers, But the previously guest, I don't know if it's still the same. Sarah Jessica Parker is the first guest that night. Oh, the last JP. My wife's very excited about that. So am I. Can't wait to meet her. <laughs> oh, you're coming by? Oh, yeah. I didn't tell him. No, you I, didn't tell me. I thought, I thought that I you didn't know. thought that, that invite was extended. So um, there you have it. Good stuff. And um, hope to speak with the commissioner next week yeah, for our show, and we'll see if that happens. Um, we're also going to take that mock draft show we've done it the past three years, mm-hmm. and we're going to make it a podcast. People really okay. enjoy it. Um, we've done it. It does really well. We'll hope to speak to the commissioner, whose colleague in the National Basketball Association, Adam Silver, deserves kudos. I know we don't talk uh, about other sports mostly on this show, but um, the, the Donald Sterling affair and the NBA – is uh, one of those stories that leapt from the back to the front pages. Um, it's it, it, Donald Sterling was unofficially before all of this the worst owner in the history of American sports. He's now officially the worst. The worst. Period. When you get yourself banned for that sort of stupidity and awful, awful comments. Yeah. No... no. And the NBA did it, did, you know, Adam Silver, right out of the bat. Right, out of, I mean, you can't compare the two. If you remember when the when our commissioner first took the job, it was, his inbox was filled with uh, Pac-Man Jones in Vegas, right. Chris Henry. He's, it was filled with a lot of player conduct issues. And he came down hard. He did. And the players have been had a problem with him ever since. And in this respect, if Adam Silver didn't come down hard, the players would have had a problem with him forever. Yep. And he had to do it. He had to do it. And I'm glad he did it before the Clippers home game Tuesday night. I'm going Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously he made his original money as a lawyer at Sterling, and that's probably what he's going to oh. do. $2.5 million fine, lifetime ban. And, and it's like the Wicked Witch is dead in that Clipper organization. He's not allowed in the building. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I hope Magic Johnson buys the damn team. Me too. That's the rumor here in town is that a rainbow coalition, as they're calling it, with Magic. We're going to buy that team. His group that owns the Dodgers. I don't know if Magic might put it together. I don't think Magic could put his name on a team. That'd be tough, yeah. He's a Laker. Yeah, he's a (laughs) Laker. You know, move him back to San thing. Diego and then own him. That'd be great. No, he's a Take Laker. He's a Laker. He can't own the Clippers. Ship him back to San Diego. I mean, he can. Take him to Seattle. I heard that rumor on Monday. Well, Los Angeles shouldn't lose the team. No, I know. I'm just saying. These Clipper fans, I mean, talk about Clipper fans have just been hard. Oh, yeah. And it's, Fuck, and it's a shame that all this happened because now they have a championship contending team. Losing the most games away from Ever them. since Sterling took over in 81, there's no franchise in any sport has lost more, has games. Lost more games 
than the Clippers. And and every time they drafted somebody, they would get hurt. Like right, Olaf Candy, right? Blake Griffin, who's turned out to be great, but he got hurt. It his was year first two, year. he finally yeah. got started. Year one, he was one and done. Basically, it was finished. And this town has been dying for it. I'm glad they didn't boycott the games, the players, because it's go- it's bigger than them too. The- there's there's families hey, who work vending ma- vendors there. That- my point of view was this, and I know a lot of people are like saying they should have boycotted or whatever. They don't play for they play for Donald Sterling. No. But they play for their families, right? Themselves, themselves their, their, their coach, and their city. Their city, exactly. I mean, Doc yeah. Rivers threatening not to possibly coach or be the executive following this season. He's I think handled that, it, that had a lot fantastic. He really, he really has. Absolutely, he has handled it. Of course, fantastically. I love Doc as a please. Guy. I mean, he has handled it just aces, as far as I'm concerned. I had no problem with these guys playing. They gotta play. I mean, what all season long you go through the grind. You have to. They have to. And do now it. it's now you're in the playoffs, and then you find out this tape's been out there since September. Yeah. And it comes. It just happens to be released during the playoffs, and now you supposedly, you know, you can make your stand in so many other ways. I I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of sports fans that said they should never have showed up. Well, their defense didn't show up in the first half of the, this week, but. Um, of that game, you know, game four. Uh, game I mean, four Curry was on fire. It was as if they didn't show up. Right. But long story short, I just felt the need to touch upon this since it's a, a major sports major story. story. It's international. Folks internationally have heard about Donald Sterling. Horrible person. We knew that already based on on court documents and it's been it's been it's been the the open secret in this town for years. Yeah, Kareem wrote a it's great a, story on time.com like saying, saying what are we surprised thing, about? Right? So so for years and now now the Clippers are finally free of this man and hopefully game 5 can be played without any of this stuff being lorded over the players and coaches on, on and and by the way the entire NBA the games even when I'm watching them other games well the heat I was sitting there. Well, other games, I'm sitting there watching it, and and I, I honestly kept thinking of Donald Sterling as I'm watching the yeah. games. And I'm sure, you know, you even heard it this week. There's no question. The commissioner of our league, Bud Selig, obviously, um, Bettman, any commissioner in any league, has to have the conversation with membership. But just taking the pulse check, guys. I'm not saying you believe this. I'm not saying you're doing this. I don't know what's going on in your personal lives where you might be doing something. You know, I mean, it, that's totally confusing to so many people, too, is there's a wife and a mistress and all that stuff. I mean, what They're a mess. All aware of what each a other. Mess. Right. Right. What a mess. Right. What a mess. Just checking, just taking the pulse check, guys. Making sure you're aware of what you're saying and who you're saying it to. Just wanted to say that. And uh, that's all. So go about your business. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's no qu- However, the commissioner of whatever league cares yeah. to yeah. Uh, verbalize it, or how, however he cares to verbalize it, that's the what that's going to be happening because it's just like there, but for the grace of God, go I. In the same way that every team in every other league, after Aaron Hernandez got re- arrested, went and did their due diligence. Want to make sure, guys, this isn't happening in our house. Felt the need to bring that up. No, d- definitely. So what other housekeeping do we have? Do we have any other housekeeping? Whatever happened to the uh, international uh, 
winner of winner, our the pick'em contest or was it the playoff challenge fantasy contest? It was the weekly pick'em contest. Uh, We're bringing this out in the open before we close yeah, the show. Uh, Jacob Jakob. Uh, Jakob, I believe, uh, Infer from, from Vienna. There's no question you just botched his name. Austria. Mangled it. I'm sure it just got mangled. Uh, about three weeks ago, maybe four now, we uh, we pre-taped him a week early for uh, for a podcast. And he's never made it on the air. And he's yet to hit the airwaves. Wait, it, it didn't go into any show? I don't well, recall it. As I recall, the two of you are present for the interview, and no one brought it up either that it hadn't <laughs> made it into the show yet. <laughs> Until I kind of mentioned it. Um, you know, I got a couple of tweets about that recently. Yeah, that's actually how I would recall it, too, because I got a tweet. Um, I went on that site survey. Kaveh filled in the week we were going to do it. Are you I, throwing Kaveh no, on the not, bus right not now? No, not at all. He had no idea. Um, so, uh, Jakob, Jacob, if you're out there listening, we'll get your interview in um, when we come back from draft. We still have it. Uh, it was a good chat. Um, and uh, we haven't forgotten okay. completely about that's you cool. yet. We'll do it after the draft. After the draft. Uh, speaking of the draft, Rich, I'm working on a column for my own site. I look back at 10 years of the first round. First round picks 1 through 32, and I looked at the best and the worst pick. In for the, each team? For each slot in the last 10 years. Do you want to give us so a quick... 64? Give us a top 64. Do you want to give us a top so, 10? So in case you're preview? wondering... The, uh, according to you. According to me. So say the best number three overall pick of the last 10 years. Larry Fitzgerald in 2004. Mm-hmm. What's the, the worst? The worst number third pick of the last 10 years, mm-hmm. Tyson Jackson in 2009. And so I went best and worst. A couple of honorable mentions because obviously number three, Matt Ryan was a number three overall pick. Joe Thomas was a number three overall pick. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are great players in the week. So I went down one to 32, and that's going to be live this week on chrisbrockman.com. All right. There you go. Very well done. Thank you. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. People around here should be thinking about that sort of stuff. Submit gonna, it. Submit it for NFL.com. That's all I'm have to say. That's about what that. you got to do. You got yeah. to not write it. You got to send that over. I'm to right, I am writing for myself, and then I'm going to say, well, I'm almost done. I'll be done writing Tuesday. He has no Tuesday contract. He's, gonna, he's not contractually obligated. That's not in my job description. Kinda, I just do it for myself. Yeah, so send it over. We'll put, get it up on NFL.com. We'll get it on the site. We'll get you some love. Okay, thanks. Shoot it. Yeah, we'll, see if, we'll see if you have that power law. <laughs> Come on, I wield. No, I wield is what he said. I wield. What are you, Ned Stark? You're oh. wielding a Valerian yes, steel sword? nicely done. Come on now. Wow, somebody was pissed about us, uh, about Larry Fitzgerald dropping some spoilers. What am I supposed to do, shut him up? I mean, look, What am I supposed to do? Aaron People Rogers were upset said, about Rich. what he said last week. I know Aaron Rodgers said 24, said 24 hours. hours. It's up to you. You got 24 hours. It's very true. And draft day's been out three weeks. Somebody was like, you know, you're horrible for... <laughs> With your spoilers this past week, you didn't give any yeah, heads up. Been out for Larry Fitzgerald just mentioned, I mentioned Boardwalk Empire to him, right? Because he's been on this show saying how much he loves it, and I was lamenting the fact that they've announced it's one more season left, and he right. responds talking about with Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you like that show? And he starts dropping all these spoilers. What am I supposed to do? Tell the best number three overall selection of the last 10 years of the NFL draft that he's not allowed to say that stuff? You, gotta, you make a, a, a great point. We did definitely get a lot of a lot we of. We did get a lot know. of heat what am, that, I suppo- like- what am I supposed to do? And then ragging on you 
law oh for the you know uk here i come and we mentioned yeah we're going to ireland i got so many tweets from people saying you know ireland is not the uk i know that's the joke that's the joke that's like when i make jokes about so and so is rolling over their grave but i always pick a guy who's still alive right that's the joke i, I tweeted out yesterday but israel thomas elite and right i saw that. oh my gosh the and responses i got of this I tweeted out that Earl Thomas deserves to be the highest paid safety. He may be the best defensive player JJ Watt in the got? league. And and I got inundated. And the tweets that I've been sending out that I think are profound have been getting, on average, 25 retweets, 30 retweets, maybe favorited 50 times if if it's something that's particularly enjoyed. Guess how many times this got retweeted? Over 500. And why? Seahawks? Yes. Seahawks. It's, a little controversial. Here's the story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to front load this. It's, you know, obviously it's something that it's a water cooler discussion. But this is something I'm going to bring up now, and we're going to keep our eye on it throughout the year and certainly next year. Everybody views Seattle as that niche spot in the Pacific Northwest with those crazy fans who love to travel. Right? That's what they are. Correct. Sure. They happen to win the Super Bowl for those crazy fans in that niche town up in the Pacific Northwest. Why isn't Seattle considered a national team? An America's team like Green Bay, Pittsburgh. We always talk about Dallas being loved from sea to shining sea. Oh, they don't have a history of... Well, maybe we should start talking about them being one of the most popular teams in the National Football League in America. It's not just we're but we're all thinking of still Seattle's just this town. I mean, they haven't been good for a while, yeah. but these fans, boy, do they love their team. They're the loudest up there. It's very difficult to win. You even hear that how the NFL gave them all these nationally televised games, but the only one that's in Seattle is the opener. And a lot of people think the reason why the rest of the games are on the road is because of the boat racing factor. That's right. The question is, maybe they're just really popular, and we shouldn't start talking about them as just this niche team anymore. I'm throwing stuff out that maybe it's just a bunch. Maybe it's just everybody with a Twitter account in Seattle is starts tweeting about it. I don't know. But they seem to be everywhere. I love the 12th man. They were they were in Arizona. Yeah, of course you love the 12th man. <laughs> they were in Arizona. They were. Like yeah, they crazy. Were. They were in New York City. Does the entire city of Seattle travel to Arizona and New York City? Or do we just happen to have a team that is popular everywhere? They're a likable team. Pete Carroll's a likable coach. Russell Wilson's a likable quarterback. I think this is something that should be discussed and an eye kept on as we move forward. You mentioned it's it's remarkable how rabid. I mean, the, the fan base is rabid. They're crazy. Maybe there's just a lot of them everywhere. And maybe Seattle over the last two years with a quarterback like Russell Wilson and a coach like Pete Carroll. And a bunch of guys who are fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. Maybe they're connecting with with football fans who are looking for a team to like. Yeah, it could be a front running aspect. I don't know, but I think just viewing them as that crazy niche oriented fan base might be a little played out, and also underestimating their national appeal. 
You mentioned people were saying J.J. Watt they think is the best player yeah, yeah. in the league. I, mean, that, Earl Thomas. I understand that. J.J. Watt, not even the best 11th overall pick in the last 10 years. Who is? You're going to have to read the article. Nice. No, ChrisBrockman.com, oh, everybody. Yeah, I, you, I did top 10. You did all of them. You did all 32. All 32. Well, I got a lot of uh, the Earl Thomas isn't even the best player in his secondary. <laughs> Mentioning Richard Sherman, who's oh. about to cash in, too. You know what? It's, it's fine. Water cooler stuff. My opinion's mine. Yours is yours. That's great. I'm just... I'm just saying that everybody's still talking about Seattle. Ah, you know what? They they really went up there. They don't really win anywhere else on the road, and those fans are crazy. Sure, they travel, but they're still Seattle. They're not Green Bay. They're not Pittsburgh. I don't know. Did you see who was the most, the number one selling jersey in the National Football League last year? Did you see it? Wait. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Does everybody in Seattle buy a jersey? Maybe. Start thinking about them as a nationally appealing team start all right chris law we'll see you in new york yes we'll see you there rich should be a fun time uh, week. uh good to see you chris brockman all right guys uh, dirty daddy the chronicles of a family man turned filthy comedian bob saget don't hold his opinions about seeing frozen <laughs> over and over again against him that's funny man come on that's funny that's oh, great it's uh, i want to thank mayock for taking the time i mean the man is uh, is probably scheduled to his teeth yeah, and definitely uh, listen to his conference call on Thursday. That's right, use May 1st on streamed on NFL.com. Yeah, use the hashtag uh, Ask Mayock, and you can uh, get your questions asked or answered by Mike Mayock during that conference call. By somebody who's on Twitter who tells him what's on Twitter. Yes, because he is not <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Good to see you guys. For at Chris Law and at Chris Brockman, I'm at Rich Eisen for at the Eisen Podcast. Uh, peace out. He didn't. This guy didn't make a close. Evan or Ivan didn't make a close, did he? With, uh, we with, do have. Uh, we do have. An, you have did, another one. We do have another oh, play one. Okay. Play it. Play it. Play, 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 play it on the way out. Let me pull go. up here. Tap dance. You want to get an international I'll shout tap, out? You get an international. There? I mean, I well, he's the international I shout out. Down. This guy is this guy, amazing. Ivan shouting, or Evan or whatever his so, name is. He's shouting at us. Uh, he's shouting out at us internationally. Have not. Have not gotten to fully listen to this one, but he did a. Uh, a Travolta name generator one. Okay. And this one is called the REP Open All right. Travolta Five. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Race Agents Podcast. Craig Brazen. When it comes to determining the, the favorite team of your kids, your kids really don't have free will unless they're actively rebelling against you. But you know what? I really didn't like my dad, so I started rooting for the Dodgers. Craig Lloyd. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Martini <laughs> in and three olives in it. It was a hot day, so I went to hydrate myself at the, at the bar, and he walks up with his martini. He goes, Barry, Barry, they tell you this drink was for me? Barry goes, yes, Mr. Pesci. He goes, it's fucking awful. <laughs> do I make eye contact? Do I keep looking forward? I, I just don't know what to do. And then he looks at me. And he goes, nice f***ing beard. <laughs> and here is your host, Race Agents. Stay listening, friends.